There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hi there and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. I'm trying to not say what's up all, all the time. Nice. Cause Why? Because like, well, no one ever lets me know what's up. <laughs> um, my name's Levins. Oh, my name's Siobhan. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, what, what's up, Siobhan? <laughs> um, Should I start responding like a, like a bully in the 90s and be like, the sky. That would be really cool. Cool. That would be super cool. Nice. Um, you're already the cool one, though, so it can't be even cooler. Right. Um, every week on Serious Issues, we read all of last week's comics and let you know which are the ones that you should be reading to. Uh, later in the episode, we're going to be reviewing all things DC, Marvel, Image, and other, other publishers. Misc- Mis- yeah, mis- miscellaneous. <laughs> um, but uh, we start every episode by talking about all of the new number one issues that came out last week. Um, a reminder that all the comics that we talk about on the show are available uh, to purchase from kingscomics.com. Or King's Comics, the greatest comic book store in Australia, uh, which is 310 Pitt Street in Sydney. I saw you reviewed um, the King's Facebook page and said we were the best comic book I reviewed, store. I reviewed their business on Facebook. Yeah. I just said that. Was, I, yeah. So, I mean, canonically, if, you, if you're going by my, my entire internet presence, yes, I do think <laughs> it is the best comic book store in the world. But <laughs> It's official, guys. Just to try and not, not be like, you know. I'm just going to have a bit more mystery about myself. All right. Best yeah. comic book in Australia, at the, uh, according to the show. Yep. I don't want to speak for you. Um, I know you no, hate yeah, no, I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I personally. Um, where's where's your Facebook review? Um, oh, that's want? a good point. No, but that seems like... A lot of people use the ha-ha reaction on my Facebook review. Oh, anyway, really? this is a, a discussion it's for very funny. <laughs> for at least later in the episode, if not the, certainly not the start of it. Um, this episode of Serious Issues is brought to you by two of our very very special patrons, uh, two great people that joined up uh, to the Serious Issues Patreon um, over at patreon.com/seriousissuespodcast. And this week we have uh, two star patrons uh, who gave you this episode. Uh, we have Albert Santos oh, hey, and Albert. Tony Green. Uh, so Albert, I know, um, was someone who actually wrote a story. The only like proper press that uh, Serious Issues, the podcast, has ever gotten. Mm. Albert was uh, very generous to write a story on us at the end of last year yep. for Junkie. Yep. Um, which is a real, real cool little insight into why we started the podcast and what comics we think are, are great and, and less great. Yep. So thank you, Albert, for not only supporting the show, but for also helping our, uh, you know, our, our, our show grow. Out. Exactly. Um, getting the word out to a legitimate audience. <laughs> Mainstream. Um, and Tony Green, 
Don't know you. But sound, you sound lovely. You sound fantastic as a, as a person, as a color. As a color. Green. I, I like Tony's. It's not that easy. It's not that easy being green, but let me tell you. If you're a Tony, it helps. That's right. <laughs> That's that brilliant. That's like, I, I don't know. Like, like, I don't know if these bizarre little rants that we do give each of our patrons is like incentive is for more nice? patrons. Is this yeah. nice for anyone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I have fun doing it. Uh, if you want to support the show, there are all kinds of great awards that you can uh, get uh, access to by signing up at patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. And we're very close to achieving our next goal, which is recording a, uh, interviews with different oh, creators yeah. each month, which we're very excited about. I want to do that. Uh, so let's kick the show off, Siobhan, with... Uh, well, I mean, look, there's a whole bunch of number ones that came out last week. Everyone's talking about the brand new Marvel Legacy number one. Mm-hmm. We're totally going to talk about that. But first, there's a new comic out that we finally got our hands on. A new number one that's very uh, dear to us. Absolutely. Um, because this is uh, the first comic that this, the show has ever inspired. Serious Issues, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the first comic that has ever given Serious Issues a shout-out. Yeah, we got a shout-out in... Um, a zine. Yep. That's right. A zine, a small press comic. Yep. But this is the first, like, yep. full-size. That's full-size. Full proper, pro- proper comic-sized uh, shout-out. Uh, the comic I'm talking about is Grey Coyote, part one of four, written by uh, Travis Alexander, with um, art by Jethro Morales and letters by Quinn Tang. Um, additional art by Abe Dye. Um, so, if you were listening to our show um, at the start of the year, mm-hmm. uh, I did a, a show when I, while I was in Melbourne on tour um, with Mr. Sunday Movies, mm-hmm. aka James, from um, the Weekly Planet. And in it, uh, he and I reviewed a bunch of number ones, and one of them was a cowboy story. Um, it was that kind of what, what it was that that one about the uh, was that through Boom, mm-hmm. and it was about like it was like a Western set story that also had like supernatural elements to it. And I was like, I kind of just want a cowboy book. You mm. actually, we, we both were quite big fans. It was, it was the Ben Acker and Ben Blacker um, cow, uh, cowboy oh, book. Yeah. She was like, I a, did like that. Yeah, it was it was a good book. But I was just kind of like, I kind of would just like a straight up Western story mm. without the supernatural elements. And that little you know off the cuff remark inspired Travis who had never written a comic before to write a comic and uh, he, apparently he wrote this for me off, a, for, for one, off one sentence uh, so that's a good meet cute you guys should get together yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> it's very 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 sweet um, he wrote this uh, this comic um, uh, Travis is someone that lives in the complete opposite side of the world of us mm-hmm. either in America or Canada I think America I think it's somewhere the same, in the right? south <laughs> It's the same, right? Majority of listeners who are going to be offended by that comment, especially <laughs> Travis. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, Travis Alexander is a very easy name to pronounce because we didn't fuck his name up. We've yeah. got to fuck his location up. Absolutely. It's a serious issues rule. Um, but Grey Coyote um, it was a kickstarted. Um, he, mm-hmm. he basically uh, tried to group fund or, and, and successfully group funded this first issue um, and was able to uh, put together a crack team of uh, creators to work alongside. Um, opted for the black and white option, mm-hmm. which I think is a great idea because Jethro Morales, uh, an artist whose artwork I'm not familiar with, his pencils are, and, and inks are excellent. Incredible. Um, what a beautiful book to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, Grey Coyote. Um, you know what? Because James from Sunday, from uh, the Weekly Planet inspired this book, um, mm-hmm. uh, what, what James does every time they talk about pretty much anything, movies, TV shows, mm-hmm. uh, on the Weekly Planet, is he'll get uh, co-host and uh, previous co-host of Serious Issues, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Mason. He'll just be like, all right, Mason, what was it about? So, Siobhan, what's Grey Coyote about? Grey Coyote <laughs> is about an outlaw Native American... Wait, can you just first, can you begin this by going, oh, no... Oh, no. Yeah, it's classic. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Great. I listened to that. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like a sick outlaw 
super marksman who's going out and taking down evil cowboys. It's great. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed this first issue. That was a very, very succinct uh, phrase. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's like what would a Native American punisher be like? Absolutely. um, Who basically goes around shooting arrows in the necks of despicable outlaws. Yeah. Um, I think as a first-time comic, this was a breeze to read. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he should be commended for that. Um, And and a lot of that goes to uh, to Jeff Morales on art too. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to see... The descriptions of each panel that Travis wrote for him. Mm. Um, I love that kind of stuff like, because they're, 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 they're a really great Show team. Show us scripts. Yeah, that's right. Show us. Put them up. Um, but uh, I thought Travis should be commended for writing quite simply mm. in this. There's Absolutely. no, you know, often we read first timer comics, even just regular number one issues that go way over the top in describing, you know, ha- having so much world building and descriptions in this. This is mm-hmm. such a simple, quick comic to kind of get immersed into very, very simply. Absolutely. Um, and uh, Travis is actually kick- trying to fund the second issue mm-hmm. of Grey Coyote, and I would like to read that. I agree. So um, you should I would head, like to read that should, a if lot. You, if you look up Grey Coyote Kickstarter on Google, you will find uh, the Kickstarter to, to fund this. Apparently, issue one has just been um, accepted for Comixology yep. uh, through their submit program. So we will let you know when it's available digitally. But mm-hmm. if you want to get in touch with Travis and buy yourself a copy of this, um, he's selling it very, very cheaply. Uh, CaptainTravis55 at gmail.com is his email address. Thank you so much, Travis, for the lovely shout out. And Absolutely. This. Thank you, Travis. And thank you, first and foremost, for writing a comic that's for me. Like, yeah. You know, and then, you know, everyone else is. For you. It is aggressively for me, and everyone else is lucky enough to read it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this gives us my absolute thumbs up. Thank you so much, Travis. Two thumbs up. Grey Coyote, go get it. So let's talk about Marvel Legacy number one now. Absolutely. Let's. Um, this is a, a comic that has been built up for a while um, because this is the comic that's going to save Marvel. Once finally. and for all, they're finally never going to make a fucking shit comic again because <laughs> Marvel Legacy's fucking saving their fucking comics. Wow. Yeah. That got really Australian. It did, really, yeah. That's, that, that's my character. That's chari- what Jay that's Kasada, my Joe Quesada sounds like. Joe Quesada, yeah, he's, he's, he's an Australian <laughs> bogan yeah. who uh, just, like, eats it. Um, I don't know. Like a, where, where would he eat? Where would Joe? Sizzler. Joe the fucking Sizzler. Yeah, there's one Sizzler there left one in, in New South Wales. He Amazing. just sits there. Just eat, heating up the salad bar, just eating bowl after bowl of the bacon bits. Mm, delicious. And complaining about the state of Marvel Comics, which is the company that he owns. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marvel Legacy number one. Uh, uh, strangely not as compelling as the idea of an Australian version of James Casada sitting in a Sizzler <laughs> eating bacon bits. Um, but uh, this is a new comic um, that... Uh, has been written by Jason Aaron mm-hmm. and features an all-star cast of Marvel artists, um, but was mostly drawn by um, Isad Rivik. Yep. Um, oh, that was nice. Yeah, it was. It was. It's always good to see those two working together. Um, this kind of uh, is like a kind of what's to come, mm-hmm. with a setup for what's to come in the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. over the next uh, next year or so. And a bit of a homecoming for a lot of characters. That's uh, right. Um, a, a and- rebirth, you could argue. Also, it also celebrates all the legacy characters, uh-huh. the various Captains America, the the Marvels, both Miz and Captain. Nice. Uh, the Thors, uh, the Hulks, um, the Wolverines. There's there's that there's so many of uh, of Marvel's characters that are kind of uh, have you know sharing sharing names and titles at the moment. And this mm. uh, this was did a really great job of kind of juggling lots of different characters. Um, some of some of the characters we only see for one page as mm-hmm. it sets up kind of or just kind of gives you a glimpse of what they're going to be doing in their solo books 
uh, over mm-hmm. the next year. And normally I hate that kind of stuff, but I thought it was it tied in really well to the overall book. Um, the best part of this book, though, and a lot of people were like angry about even the very idea of this, was that there's, there's, there's a, the concept is that like the, the Avengers have existed or an Avengers mm. has existed um, for one million years. And so this book opens a million years ago in, during the Stone Age. And um, there are a, a bunch of versions of the current Marvel heroes. Mm-hmm. We see Odin and Phoenix um, teaming up with, like, I guess, like a version of Black Panther and the Ghost Rider who has been... Who who rides a like a a, a mammoth instead yep. of a, a instead of a bike or a car? Hilarious. Um, there's there's you know a, a version of Star Brand. Um, a, 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 there's a Sorcerer Supreme. Agamotto, as and, in Eye of. Yep, and then there's a uh, an Iron Fist as well. Mm, um, I like that Iron Fist. I really could have read like an entire trade worth of yeah, totally of old people in the Stone Age doing super stuff. But then it switches to Ghost, uh, current day Ghost Rider. Yeah, Robbie and Reyes. I loved it. Yeah, I loved that whole I loved, bit. I know because I, I, I really enjoyed Jason Aaron's run on Ghost Rider, in which he wrote kind of all the, all the classic Ghost Rider characters. But uh, we hadn't ever seen him do a take on Robbie Reyes who is a character near and dear to our hearts. Absolutely. Um, and it was a real treat to see him do that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I also enjoyed seeing Starbrand, who was a character that featured prominently in um, Hickman's um, Avengers work. Was it this Starbrand? Yes, this yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, he's, he's God, aged. I need to reread all of Hickman's stuff. He's aged a little bit. When we met Starbrand and Hickman's stuff, he was, a, he was a high school student, uh, and now he appears to be a bit older. He's a bit of like a young adult yeah so there's a whole bunch of like foreboding stuff in this um as we kind of see a bunch of threats get set up some of them get 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 uh, com- you know get taken out mm-hmm. within this issue mm-hmm. a lot of them are kind of going to be left to uh to be addressed in in future issues um from marvel um let's talk about the spoilers yes um so skip forward skip ahead. one minute um because we're going to talk about uh, some returning characters that uh we that were either dead or missing that mm-hmm. are coming back uh the comeback in this issue. Yeah. Um, I always expected to see the fantastic fam- the family, the family fantastic as they are known, <laughs> <laughs> the Fantastic Four. I think they're called the first family, aren't they? No, is that Asteri oh, City? Yeah. Marvels. Well, the first family is like the president of the United States, the, the, which is who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Reed Richards, the uh, president. He's my president. <laughs> um, I yeah, I, I didn't Sue expect make, that. I don't know why. Sue would be a great. President. Sue would be a great president. And Valeria. Valeria. But I think Valeria is probably going to be evil. Isn't that kind of That's why the be a great vibe? president. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. All the best um, presidents are evil. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, this book ends with the, re- the return of the Fantastic Four. Um, a, a very... Like a, a, someone whose force, whose presence was missing, I think. Absolutely. Since Secret Wars. I liked that they gave him a little bit of a break after... You know Hickman's incredible mm-hmm. Fantastic Four run, Avengers run, and then Secret Wars. But um, we need them back. Exactly. It's like having the Justice League without Martian Manhunter. Oh no, wait, that's all Justice Leagues. Um, bring him back too, please, for Hashtag God's sake, bring, bring him back. back. Um, but uh, someone also was also brought back, even though yeah. there are like a bunch of versions of him already in Marvel Comics. Is but still the original and the best current Wolverine. <laughs> How are we supposed to define this Wolverine now? 616 middle-aged middle-aged Logan. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly old Logan. I mean, we knew that his return was inevitable. Man Logan. I did not think it would happen in this book. Yeah, agreed. Um, I wasn't expecting that, but I was I was into it. He I liked slices it. open the belly of a frost giant and puts a beer in there. 
yes. to keep it cold. Because he's driving a beer truck that just says beer on it, as all beer trucks do. <laughs> you know, my favorite brand. <laughs> my favorite brand, beer. Um, that was good. I liked it. Yeah. Silly. Were there any moments in this that, like, you know, setting up things for the future that you're excited for? Or was this just a kind of nice kind of reminder that Marvel is excellent sometimes? I think it's a nice reminder that Marvel is excellent. I think it's like a fun celebration of some of the characters that I like. I'm sort of disappointed that it kind of feels like we're wrapping up a lot of those legacy characters. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna be around much. You don't. Soon. You really think so? Well, they're just gonna go back into their own books. You know. Oh, as opposed as opposed to having Avengers teams with yeah. The, yeah, with a lot of them on it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm all for just like you know having all the heroes around all the time, whatever. Like yeah, 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 yeah. All the different versions. I, I, I Many versions. Like, Justice Society was the best example of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, and, and it's funny that a lot of people like you know are so upset about there being you know mm. younger characters or different characters with the the mantle of these old characters. Yeah. Saying like you know fucking Marvel doing this blah blah blah, but like DC is famous for doing that. Yeah. For so long, and I think one of the biggest backward steps they did was bringing Barry Allen back as the main Flash. Mm. I yeah. Kind of, I would have loved to him for him to. Have, I, I love the idea of passing the mantle onto a character. Absolutely. Have the old characters return. Don't give them the mantle back all the time. Give yeah. someone the mantle back. Yeah, let them just be an old person and be a mentor. That's, That's right. always fun. That's why Jake Eric is the best Flash. Agreed. Oh, um, well, no. <laughs> I was like, I got away with that easily. Um, <laughs> Who's your favorite Flash? I mean, my heart says Bart, right. which I know is Bart Allen. Incorrect. Really? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I know it's wrong. It's fine. Was he ever actually the Flash? Like for like half an hour. Maybe. Right. <laughs> um. Does this mean that we're going to get a Jason Aaron penned Fantastic Four book, though? Because I'm into that. I like the way he writes the thing. So first we get the, the, the what's it called? Like the two team up or whatever it is. There's a book about about Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm, the thing, teaming cool. up to try and find the, the oh, cool. their family. Um, and that's written by Zadarsky, which is very exciting. Oh, weird. I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a really good fit because he'd, he'd write a great Johnny Storm Absolutely. and he'd write a great Grimm. Yeah. Um, who so is Jason Aaron? Like, if you could pick any Marvel writer to do Fantastic Four, because I would love, I would I would love Marvel to poach Tomasi from DC to write a Fantastic Four book because of his understanding yeah. of because like for me the family, family mechanics dynamic. is what family dynamics sorry is the mechanics kind of works so the mechanics. <laughs> I a, a family is a well tuned engine, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think he he would be doing an incredible job on Fantastic Four. I would love to see Tom King's take on Fantastic Four as well. <laughs> Where everyone's recovering from a horrible experience. Mm, but he's also very good at like bringing the light out of those bad experiences too. Yeah. That I think is an important part of... And I, I think it was what I liked about Hickman's run as well. Yeah, I think that um, if Mark Wade and Chris Samney... If that was a, well, that not, was a future so they're, project... They're doing Captain really America yeah. together. I would love for um, Chris Samney and Mark Wade just to do a different... 12 issue run mm-hmm. about one Marvel character every year. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. I would like the Fantastic Four to be one of those. I, I really hope Nick Spencer doesn't get, get, get Fantastic Four. I think that would be awful. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, Aaron and Jason Aaron, I would, I would read Jason Aaron doing anything. Yeah, I would read literally anything that Jason Aaron I, I, I read an entire Star Wars run that I didn't always love by yeah. Jason Aaron. So. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, look, I think Marvel Legacy, um, obviously we're going to convert... People are going to compare this number one issue to uh, DC Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think it held up compared to that? I can't even remember the DC Rebirth issue. Very different beasts. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just 
it's just different. There's al- almost every corner of the Marvel universe gets a little a little mention or a page um, within this book. Yeah, there are very few characters that aren't in here. Um, I mean, the X Men don't show up heaps, do they? Also, the who did the art on the? Um, was it Pepe Larraz? Who Whoever did the Ghost Rider pages. That was cool. I like that a lot. That was nice. He's the, I think it's the second the second credited artist, whatever that would have been. Russell Dorderman? Really? Oh, right. Fuck no. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Look, there was a lot of artists in this. I thought that There's was Rubik. Guinness, Stuart Eminen. Isn't that Rubik? Pepe Larraz, Jim Chung, Daniel Acuna. Yeah, that's Isad Rubik. Greg Land. Isad Rubik did the, did the, wow. did the Ghost Rider stuff, I think. Look, let us know if we're wrong. Um, <laughs> there was... There's yeah, definitely a Rubik. Look at that. That's 100% Rubik. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they, were, they were great pages. Look, yeah. there's some incredible art on display. The story's really, really fun. Uh, I think is, this was good. It was just a joy to read. Yeah, and, um, I had fun. It took me ages, which was nice. It, yeah, totally. It's a, it's a really, really in-depth thing. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what this means for Loki moving on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, of course, the Thor books too. Yep. Yeah, great, a great, great way to start off this you know, new era of Marvel. Um, I actually, as as I mentioned, uh, after having just said, like uh, uh, there are very few characters that don't get an all mention in this. I realize there's so many that don't. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of characters. That's true. That's right. So it's a difficult thing to do. You know, um, Spider Gwen doesn't show up. Thank well, goodness. You're the only person complaining about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got two other new Marvel number ones this week, um, and they are the finale of the Generations books, which mm-hmm. is this precursor weird semi event leading into legacy mm-hmm. um i want to talk about uh the spiders generations the spiders first miles morales spider-man and peter parker spider-man uh miles morales is flashed away at the end of uh, secret empire to uh peter parker's i guess uh teenage upbringing college years college years in which which is you know this weird marriage of the 60s, mm. like when those first uh, Spider-Man strips came out, and then also, like, I guess, the, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, a confusing. I think it's okay, you know, you're just being vague about a timeline. It's it's a little bit ago. <laughs> it's somewhere between 1950 and 2012. Hey, I've got way more problems with the uh, Captain America one, which we're going to talk about <laughs> in a minute. Um, but this one was written by uh, Brian Bendis with art by, and this is the, Best surprise of the week, Ramon Perez. Yeah, that was a delight. Who's a Jane Eyre um, book oh, I've just started. Um, he, he did art on a book that uh, I think Boom put out recently, mm-hmm. um, and it was like a kind of modern modern telling of Jane Eyre. And mm-hmm. we'll be reviewing that on our Patreon exclusive uh, graphic novel wrap up nice. of this month when we do it at the end of the month. Um, but uh, yeah, Ramon Perez did the art on this. Colors by oh boy, M S A S S Y K, Masasic. Nice. Um, and uh, this Ms. Assy K. No, <laughs> Ms. Ass. Yike. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this 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 um, oh, was man. beautiful. This was excellent. Like, from an art point of view, best art so far in any of these generations books. But and this is like really coming in line with like my this weird turnaround. You just love Bendis. This is this was fucking awesome. Like this was such a good issue. I think this is by far like. Like so, basically, like the the all these legacy heroes get flashed back to mm-hmm. at some point in time in which they um, come face to face with the character whose whose mantle they're sharing, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes they like fight a battle alongside them, or they go on an adventure alongside them, mm-hmm. and then suddenly they they warp away. Mm-hmm. I like saying flash and warp. Yeah, um, <laughs> and you're kind of like, what the hell was the point of that? Yeah. The point of this one, and I'm not really spoiling it. This is still a really, really great book issue to read 
just to be reminded of how good Bendis can be, especially when he's writing two characters that he's very good at writing, Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Um, particularly a younger Peter Parker as well, which mm-hmm. is what we see here. But th- the whole point of this, like, there's, there, there's no fight in this. There's no battle. We don't even see Peter Parker wear the Spider-Man costume. At one point, yeah. we see him clutching the mask and that's it. We don't even see Miles Morales in his full costume either. Mm. Um, this Basically, Miles Morales realizes the whole reason he was he was put back into this point in time is so, you know, because the, the version of Peter Parker that he knows is this super successful, yep. um, you know, tech guy yeah which is who what peter parker is currently in the marvel universe I hate that. when he was a, a teenager when he was a teenager peter parker's life was shit yeah. he struggled so much with being spider-man but he struggled so much with just being a teenager totally being being bullied at school yep. by people that he thought were his friends and it was so satisfying to see miles morales call f- like flash thompson yep. a dick yeah that was nice <laughs> um and uh like Miles Morales just basically like, you know, sees this guy who he looks up to, he goes back in season when he's young and realizes how hard it was for Peter Parker to be mm-hmm. Spider-Man. And I think that was such a good thing for Miles to learn. Mm-hmm. And it does, it does so in like a, just a really nice, warm way that just strengthens Miles' love for Peter Parker and yep. g- gives him more understanding. Um, it, was, it was a brilliant kind of just simple story, which I think it was just, it wasn't unnecessarily complicated. I loved that... It was just like it was just a series of like personal moments, which is what Bendis is probably good at. But normally he does them where, where like, and this happened in another book he wrote this week, where like a character just straight up just looks directly at the reader and yeah. just spouts a bunch of dialogue. This was all. This was all. This was still like dialogue heavy. It, yeah, but I know, but it was it was it was a, it was conversational as opposed to just someone just telling speaking a diatribe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was all. I, 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 this issue was was such an insane happy kind of surprise to me mm. it was a very like um also using a really like iconic piece of spider-man like a really iconic spider-man story and kind of adding to that without trying to retell it or yeah. re um appropriate it one or of the most like that the most famous really cool. issues of of, of one of the famous moments in Spider-Man's history, famous yeah. images of Spider-Man is when he's when the Doctor Octopus is knocked a building on top of him and he's using all, every bit of strength mm-hmm. um, to, to to stop it from collapsing completely on him and getting crushed. Um, I also loved that of all the heroes going back um, and meeting their meeting their you know counterparts, they've all been like, I can't reveal my identity to this person. Mm. Whereas Miles Morales is like, fuck it, yeah, and yeah, like just hi, hi, this is yeah. I, I thought that was really powerful mm. and cool. Mm. Absolutely. Um, Shows, like, just the pure trust. Yeah. How I, much his legacy is like, stood up. Peter I, Parker's. I think this was, like, like maybe the only of these. Like, even though I enjoyed some of them, I feel like this was the only one that made sense to exist in the first place of all the issues. That's, like, the highest compliment I can give this <laughs> is that this should exist. Mm. But uh, this, I, I, I love this so much. Yeah, I would love to see Ramon Perez do a um, Spidey book now because... There are just a couple of really beautiful visual moments, like when Peter sort of sees Miles swinging away from a distance, and the New York skyline is such a present part of this book. Like it's just really beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, I I think uh, now that the Generations books are over, actually, let's talk about this final one first. Yeah. The other uh, Generations book that came out this week is uh, Generations: The Americas, mm-hmm. uh, featuring Sam Wilson, Captain America, going back to Steve Rogers, Captain America's time during World War Two, and for the bulk of these Generations issues. This one was written by uh, Nick Spencer, of course, um, uh, with art by uh, Paul Renaud um, and colours by Laura Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, and this uh, 
yeah, for most of these generations books, it's been like a fleeting moment between yeah. these two characters in which the, the younger equivalent goes back in time for, you know, I guess Miles Morales is in Peter, Peter Parker's time for all of a day. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's been considerably less. Sometimes it's been like a, d- a day and a night. Mm. Sam Wilson goes back in time a whole life. and lives an entire lifetime in this issue. <laughs> and then dies and gets flashed back. It's uh, pretty hectic. Yeah. And uh, there's, like, I didn't hate this at all, but... No, this was the one, like, it was funny because this is the one that it felt like it was leading up to. Like, we were supposed to be, like, this was the one that was, like, the point of Generations or something. Yeah. Um, I, I, kudos to, to Spencer and Ronald for actually managing to um, fit an entire life in yeah. this issue and also bookend it with... Um, the context that we kind of needed to understand why these generations books exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there, th- like one of my biggest problems with Nick Spencer writing Sam Wilson is that he has these big moments of like uh, character moments that rely on Sam Wilson's uh, like race and, mm-hmm. and, and background mm-hmm. and, and have him talking directly from the point of view of a, of a person of color and it just made me uneasy. I'm not saying that, that white people can't write black people no. or vice versa, but there are moments of this where, like, to, I can't think of it being specific, but it was like... He, he recontextualizes Sam Wilson as a black preacher who was on the freedom, like, who's a freedom writer. Yeah. All I, all, all I need Which isn't to bad. all I need to be have to, to be okay with this is like I don't know, it's not written that badly it's a little bit heavy handed yeah. but all I need to be okay with this is if he has like a black co writer or or a consultant mentioned on the first page mm. just so I don't know just I, 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 look, maybe I'm alone in, in, in thinking this is it, does you kind of get where I'm coming from with yeah, it yeah I do I do it's a, it's an interesting thing to sort of present Sam Wilson as this overarching metaphor for black struggle in America perhaps Um, coming from a white writer no matter how good his intentions are as well absolutely it just makes me feel a little bit uneasy yeah I do understand that I didn't hate this issue by any means I thought it was like it was ambitious it was was super ambitious it's a pretty interesting concept of like this guy lives his whole life and still watches his younger self and watches his career develop like that's intervening yeah yeah yeah, like I think that and there was some really quite poignant moments I quite like the idea of this kind of old preacher Sam Wilson and I'd be interested I mean it's it's a funny thing because it's such a huge thing for a character to go through to be condensed into one issue and to know that it's not really going to impact him significantly in any way in the future Yes, definitely. Like, I would be shocked if this became a defining characteristic of Sam Wilson, which well, that's, you would assume it would be. That's what I mean. Mm. He lived an entire lifetime. How do you not have this factor into his life from this point? And, like, does he look up his grandchildren? Do they still exist in this timeline? <laughs> like, there's a lot of um, there's a lot yeah. of issues. So, I, I read this and I was like, that what was ambitious. What if he met his that granddaughter was... and then fell in love with her? What kind of horrible paradox would that create? Back to the Future Part 1, baby. Yep, absolutely. Is that what happens? I can't remember. I can't remember. Jack Michael J. Yeah, Fox fucks his mom. grandma, right? No, no, no. That's what happens. <laughs> the power of love. <laughs> it's a curious thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought, I, I finished this issue and I was like, that was ambitious. And, like, yeah. you know, I'm not sure if he entirely pulled it off, but I, that was that was like a cool take on this generation's idea. Then I read the Spider-Man one and I was like, oh, my God, that was so fucking good. Mm. Like, that's like, that was the only, like, ex- ex- like example of, 
this like just done perfectly this mm. idea like this is like this this miles's journey back serves such a good purpose yeah. instead of him just like you know kicking ass next to his you know a younger version of his hero or whatever yeah i just yeah I think that was by far, and I never thought I would say this. Bendis, Bendis won generations. Everybody, whoa! That was In the a, official fight. I would say that was my favorite. I can't remember all the ones. They're all you can you can see all the characters um, at the end of uh, Captain America all together. If you need a little refresher, um, I th- then followed, closely followed by the Thor issue by Jason Aaron. I really enjoyed. Oh, that was probably my. Favorite. Um, I really liked the Wolverine one. Wolverine one made me cry. Um, I really liked almost. Almost, I really liked the Ms. Marvel one. Um, even though it was goofy with the magazine stuff, but it was still fun. The Hulk um, one was Hulk one was cool, whatever. Um, the Jean Grey one was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Iron Man one was, uh, was no, good. Iron Man was like not close, like on the oh, less yeah, good was, scale. Yeah. Uh, the Hawkeye one was kind of a like. mess, whatever. And then Captain Marvel was truly bad. As a as a whole, I'll give it a four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I I highly highly rate the spider-man issue and even if you didn't read any other generations ones and you're like i wonder if any of them are worth reading yes the spider-man one yep um so siobhan we've talked about an independent comic we've talked about a bunch of marvel books uh normally we'd go straight from marvel into dc but i want to talk about the number one that i enjoyed the most this week cool that is the beautiful death um a book that i talked about anticipating mm-hmm. uh quite excitedly last week uh it is a titan comics uh, release uh, a they've re-released a uh, a European book, um, written and drawn by a creator called Matthew Bablet. Good um, name. Yeah, amazing. Bablet is Bablet. a lovely last Bablet, name. Bablet, yeah. Um, and this is a like end of the earth apocalypse survivor comic, mm. but it's also like a fun buddy romp mm. between three last survivors who don't seem to really like each other. Um, and uh, you know you don't really know what's destroyed the world and why they're the only kids left on the earth um this 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 comic isn't really interested in telling you about about that at least Absolutely. so far it isn't either and that's what i appreciated so much it's just about these day-to-day adventures of these guys just trying to survive and their relationship mm-hmm. um and there's a very i don't want to spoil like you know in the, the first third of the comic we see a character who isn't in the in the trio mm. and i i was very amused by by what that led to yeah absolutely um the art is just fucking great yeah, it's, it's so expressive book. and fun the colors are beautiful and his he the, the figures and facial um faces are very anime inspired i guess or is that just kind of what european comics european. look like yeah yeah um but very simplified faces with like very detailed backgrounds mm. um the action in it is really really fun and riveting um and it's uh, quite like <laughs> i feel like you really enjoyed this it's quite like Sad. Yeah, it's super bleak. Yeah, but it's in finding like you know, it, it, just because some, the situation is the worst doesn't mean that can be that Absolutely. the world is devoid of fun moments. I guess they're still arguing about movies. Yeah, that sort of thing. Did you enjoy this? Yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. Did you manage to get Good. the um the Brandon Graham cover? No, we're both idiots. I think they're all gone. Hate my life. Uh, yeah. So please, um, I look, we, we we try and recommend as many Euro comics as possible. Mm. Um, and. You know, it's it's difficult to truly describe them because they are quite simple a lot of a lot of the time. Yeah. Or oh, they're Aberrado and I'm saying that Aberrado and Jasmine are layered with with uh, complex uh, and hard plot to lines. But uh, this is a very This is basically like some insects the insects of one. And now <laughs> we're just following three sort of just post adolescent men I would argue. Yes. I don't know. Um try and survive and it's pretty bleak. 
See, I, I, I was so into invested in their relationships mm. that I completely forgot that the insects are the reason that, uh, mm. that there are no more people. Yeah, it's great, um, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to get even sadder and bleaker. But I'm going to enjoy these character moments on, the, on uh, during the journey. It's a, it's a four issue series. Cool. Um, it's been it's been re- reprinted Perfect. beautifully on nice big thick glossy paper, mm-hmm. um, like Titan do very well uh, through Titan's kind of imprint, Static Press. Um, highly recommended, everybody. Super really, enjoyable, really, really enjoyable. Um, and it wasn't the only uh, Titan number one that I read this week. Oh. Did you read this one too? This is a, a book called oh. Captain Kronos. No, I didn't. Vampire Hunter. And it was written by... I can't believe I didn't. Dan Abnett with art by legendary oh. ex-Batman artist, among other things, Tom Mandrake. Okay. And this is a Hammer, based on like the Hammer movies? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, who, I, I don't know anything about Hammer. What, 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 tell me about Hammer. Just like um, super pulpy B-movies from the UK. Yep. So like Hammer Horror. I think that... Um, who's that guy? Dracula, who also metal band maybe died recently. Ah, uh, I can't think of his name. You know who I mean? Oh, Thingo. <laughs> um, oh god, big tall Sauron. Danzig. Saruman. Wait, what? <laughs> Christopher Lee. Christopher oh Lee. Goodness. Oh right, sorry. I thought you meant. Right. Like, I thought you were talking about like. No, an sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm doing a bad job. Um, <laughs> Christopher Lee. <laughs> I think was. In I thought you were talking about Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> Have you never heard Christopher Lee's weird metal music? No, I didn't know Christopher oh, Lee's metal it's music. It's really funny. <laughs> it's just Christopher Lee talking over metal music. I was just like dead metal guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Is he dead? Anyway, I think Christopher Lee came up through Hammer movies. Metal legends never truly die. Shimon. It's true, absolutely. Um, but yeah, this is uh, yeah based on the Hammer Films property, the mm-hmm. Captain Kronos, um, and uh, it is a uh, it it features the most hilariously drawn um, sexy femme I've ever cool. I've ever seen. Um, Tom Mandrake's style is very kind of classic comic mm. booking, but he just draws her with the most hilariously buxom breast. Nice. Um, and I just got to find that's a, what you want from the, your Hammer movies. The, there is a, a very very funny shot where it's like, have you ever seen boobs before? <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I want. I don't want bosom realness. Yeah, this one here. It's like looking looking down from a bird's eye view of her. Oh, weird. <laughs> That's bizarre. I don't I know love what it was shape. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, so the, um, Kronos is like a a vampire hunter who uh, nobody truly trusts because um, it's set in a time where no one trusts anybody. Great. Um, and uh, Does he have it's in Eastern Europe in the mid seventeenth century. Nice. Um, and he has a uh, a female um, counterpart who. Uh, Everyone doesn't like because women should be in the fucking kitchen. It's the 17th century in Europe. That's where they belong. Absolutely. And um, he has like another guy who helps out too. And they get en- enlisted to uh, to rid a town of vampires. But little does Kronos know that he may have bitten off more than he can chew. Oh, no. Um, this is a... You sound like you <laughs> loved it. It was not... I mean, like I was about to say, our catchphrase, <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's you know also our other catchphrase, not for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, but it was fun seeing Tom Mandrake's uh, art again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a couple of pages there that looked really fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, over to uh, DC right now, which is a uh, imprint that to- uh, Tom Mandrake wrote, drew a lot of comics for. Nice. Good seg. Um, that's what they're best known for. Yeah, that's right. Uh, did you read the Dark Knight's kind of metal tie-in Batman the Murder Machine this week? I did because it had a Batman tank on the front. Bat tank. Um, it so does not live up to that promise. In No, it's very true. Um 
Don't dark N- in Dark Knights, there are a whole bunch of evil Batmen that uh, resemble various members of the Justice League from different dark dimensions. And this, these little one-shots tell the origin stories of each of these Batmen. Um, this one is about the one who looks like Cyborg. Cyborg Batman. And it's written by uh, Frank Thierry and James Tinian IV with um, really cool art by yeah. Ricardo Frederici, Frederici uh, and colors by Rain Barreto. Siobhan, before we talk about Dark Knight's Batman, the murder machine, number one. Nice. Why don't we hear what someone else thought of this issue? Because we have got a special Patreon guest review uh, from our man, Tom Burton. If hey, you wanna, Tom. If you want to be a guest reviewer, there is a, 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 a small amount of money that you can pledge to our Patreon and you, you can become a regular contributor to serious issues, which is exactly what Tom has done. Uh, and this is his review of Dark Knight's Batman, the murder machine number one. He says, I wonder if with each of these dark Batman, they're trying to make the reason they become evil even more heartbreaking. It was really hard to watch Alfred being murdered so brutally. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but that is that is a tough thing to see. Uh, in Dark Knight's The Murder Machine, we see the in Dark Knight's The Murder Machine, we see the events that lead to the the Bruce Wayne of the Dark Universe multiverse world become an evil man. You got to start copywriting these things, Tom. It's, <laughs> 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 um, uh, he becomes an evil robot intent on murdering everyone he deems a threat. The friendship between Cyborg and Bruce in, in this world seems really strong as Cyborg does everything in his power to help Bruce in his time of total despair. These dark stories are full of action and are engaging and fun to read. I get a sense of real power from each of the dark Batman. Watching regular Earth Cyborg attempt to hold his own against the murder machine feels like a desperate fight that is unlikely to be won. The snapshots we get of the dark world as it falls into chaos gives me the saddened feeling I get reading something like Injustice, where no matter what the good we, we try to do, evil prevails. I'm loving these books so far, and I'm really looking forward to the explanation of the events leading up to Batman becoming Doomsday. I did not realize that that's what's going to happen. Anyway, Siobhan, what did you think? I liked this. It was stupid. Yeah, it was all these, all these. I mean, that's the whole thing. Dark Knights is just a really fun, stupid book. Yeah. Um, and uh, with great art. Yep. And this this continued that tradition. We have um, Batman after losing Alfred in mm-hmm. this uh, in this dimension tries to uh, ask Cyborg to create help him create an AI version of Alfred that ends up going haywire and taking over Gotham as all AI does, and then um, ends up merging with Batman. Um, and this uh, this kind of issue is all about this new kind of tech version of Batman, Cyborg Batman, mm-hmm. basically going head to head with Cyborg, and it's really fun and silly. It was good fun. Yep. I enjoyed it. Definitely good art. I like that this this like you know the, I wish that Venomverse that the event that Marvel mm. are doing right now was as fun and silly as yeah. this. Like it has such an undercurrent of taking itself so seriously. Mm. Um, where, that this doesn't, even yep. though, even though like it, it still has the same big ridiculous rants, there is such a huge amount of ridiculousness about them that it ne- you never get bogged down by it. Totally, and terrible things happen, but it's still pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, the final number one that I read this week. Uh, oh, you read it too? Yeah. Is a book called Fujitsu, mm. uh, written by Jai Nitz and Wesley St. Clair. I was fooled by a Greg Smallwood cover. Yeah, brilliant cover on the front, which features a young, uh, a young uh, martial Monk. artist um, lifting weights, reading the Odyssey, and sitting on the weights is a hot girl with a cyborg arm holding a burger, fries, and a milkshake, which has a straw extending down to the young martial artist's mouth good i thought that was a good job of explaining that explanation really was. this then too um so this uh book is about a, a 
like a young monk who goes into like hibernation, I guess, to find mm. enlightenment for a few years. To forget about a girl. That's right. Um, so yeah, it's like a kind of like a a bawdy teen like martial art book. I guess, but he's like a really annoying teen. Yeah, because he's just really good at everything, and that's really irritating to me. But he he awakes... there's one thing I hate. It's rich teens. Rich teens? Is he not a fan of Richie Rich? No, absolutely not. Not a fan. But of... he's not a teen, also. What? What? what, what you're not a fan of Veronica? I mean, I'm hashtag Team Betty. Okay, right. Forever. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you actually met Betty and Veronica and you were like, no, you know what? I like Veronica better. You'd have some real issues. Whereas Veronica, you would be like, you know, I hated her at first, got to know her. She's actually pretty nice for a rich person. Yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, let's talk about this Fujitsu book. Um, it was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Fights like... James Dean. James Dean's a character for some reason. Yeah, he, he awakens from his slumber to, to get ambushed and he has to use his, like, uh, martial prowess to uh, to get himself out of this sticky situation. He shoots knives out of a toaster. Well, yeah. The art, I thought the art was really fun and cool. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, but uh, Cool cartooning. I like the character design. I just don't like anything about the character. It's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a comedy book. It's a comedy, action comedy, and sometimes yeah. they don't really translate very well to comic book form. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Those are our number done. one issues. All our reviews are number ones this week. Another first things first, done and dusted. If you want to come and discuss any of these uh, new issues, new series, are you going to pick them up? Should we not have picked something up or should we have picked something else up instead? The easiest way for us for you to come and yell at us is to find us in our uh, Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash serious issues podcast, mm-hmm. featuring well over 2,300 uh, comic book wow. readers talking Goodness. about comics all the friggin' time. Constantly. That's a lot. That's fun. That's uh, we're, we're coming quite close to having more members than we do listeners. That's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, or is it? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's weird. We have. A, I think we have a lot of uh, a lot of listeners that may not be real people. A lot of mm. so a lot of members that may not be uh, real right, people. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I approve anyway. Nice. <laughs> That's the dark secret. <laughs> um, now I'm going to play a game called uh, Roll the Dice for Image, Marvel, and DC so we can decide whether to review Image, Marvel, or DC next. Mm-hmm. Uh, one to two on this dice is Image. Two, uh, three to four is Marvel. And five to six is DC. First roll is Image. Well, That means I bet the next one's going to be Marvel. Four. Yep, it's yep. Marvel. So we're going to do Image, then Marvel, then DC. Nice. Um, let's kick things off with a review of a book that I was very excited to see make a return, and that is Southern Bastards, um, issue number 18, uh, usually written by Jason Aaron with art by Jason Latour. This issue, uh, while still continuing the story of this arc, was written by Jason Latour with art by his collaborator on Loose Ends, Chris Brunner. And also they, they uh, hitted the art on the, um, the two-page that they did for um, the Thought Bubble. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and this uh, basically oh, so good. is a, uh, a a revenge kind of mm-hmm. uh, you know Tarantino esque kind of pulpy mm-hmm. revenge story uh, featuring the daughter of Earl Tubb trying to track Roberta. down Roberta Tubb trying to track down uh, or at least get a admission of guilt uh, for mm-hmm. her father's killer. Um, and it was gruesome. It was grim. It was compelling. Yeah, it's everything that you love about Southern Bastards. Just typified into one issue and like a really great standalone comic yes, like if this was your definitely. first southern like you could jump on southern bastards here and there's there'd be some things that you would be confused about but you would understand the basic concept yeah and like man for this to be 
like you know Jason Latour has done one issue of Southern Bastards that he wrote before mm-hmm. um, was about like it was a very much a, a one shot that was kind of separate from from the, the arc at the time about mm-hmm. a boy in in Craw County mm-hmm. um, that was really really fun but felt tonally quite different this you I mean I didn't you, if if I didn't read the, look at the front cover I would not have realized that this is Latour writing it yeah, it totally. felt exactly in line with the, what I expect from this book. It was, it, it was extremely well written. Like, you know, I, I loved Jason Latour's mm-hmm. art. I like his writing. Mm. I loved the writing in this this issue. Totally. And I think that just, like, this is such a personal book for both Jason Latour and Jason Aaron, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I so it, it, you see how much they're just co-creators on this book. Like, yes, one of them might take the art duties and one of them might take the writing duties, but it is, like, it is both of their book in equal measure. 100%. And this was such a... Um, excellent collaborator for Chris, like Chris Brown was such an excellent collaborator. Yeah, I think issue. he did the, the the last issue that Jason Latour wrote too. Mm. He's, he's such a good person to have on board because he he nails um, the tone, the visual tone. That's right. I mean, and, and it helps that Latour is doing colors on his art yeah. as well. Um, what a great issue! Uh, you should, this is this is such a you know it, it it deals with some really really heavy things for mm. but deals with them masterfully. And um, oh, just, and I love like I love Roberta. Yeah, I'm she's so a, excited an to see more character. Roberta. Definitely, yeah, because they, they teased her for so long. Yeah, and now it looks like we're finally we, now we, we just I, get, get a dedicated and like delving into her backstory as well was yeah. so so excellent. And her relationship with her father and what being a tub means and like yeah, oh, so good, so excellent and great back matter material as well. And I even just like looking at um the ads for Latour and Aaron's other books at the back because I'm yeah. like, oh, that's great. That's great. That's coming. And also I didn't realize that the editor of Southern Bastards is mm-hmm. the writer of Shirtless Bear Fighter oh. and, um, and Scales and Scoundrels. There you go. Um, what's his name again? Um, somebody Gurner. Good name. Good name. Good, good Gurn. Um, yeah. Great book. Great issue. Yeah. One of the, one of my favorites of the week. And um, hopefully we don't, we hopefully get another issue quite soon. Um, so, uh, another beloved image book that mm-hmm. we got a new issue of is Saga. This week we got, uh, chapter 47, uh, from Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughan. I think the most fun thing about Saga now is seeing what Fiona Staples is going to do next, character design-wise. Definitely. Like, I loved this sort of 16th century dandy. Yes, with a weird metal mask. Yeah. Um, so every every few issues, Saga will delve away from the main arc and mm-hmm. will kind of give us a little flat, a little uh, one what issue de- dedicated to to yeah a, a side character or a character we haven't seen much of in the story before. Uh, in the past, it's been I remember the, there were there was the issues with the reporters that mm-hmm. were trying to report mm-hmm. on the story of uh, of our main characters, and this one uh, kind of lets you know what the character of the Will, the bounty hunter, everyone's has been favorite, up to. the Will, um, and. I love the I saw a lot of people complaining about this. What? Because what? I mean, the, the thing is, what, what Saga does is it gets you very invested in a story, and then we'll, we'll suddenly oh, right. show, show off to another part of the universe. And oh, yeah, but like you know, he's gonna wrap up the arc. I know. She whiz. Yeah, I, I heard people saying this was the worst issue of Saga yet, which what? I disagree with. Passionately. Oh, I disagree very firmly. And I think you know, it, it has it, a it, chunky will in it. It's Saga. It's Saga, and it's you know, it, it, they've created this enormous universe, mm. and I think. You have to have issues like this to really yeah. understand the, how big the universe they're a part of is. Yeah, um, and it's a saga, guys. And it sets up so many characters that we know are going to come back mm-hmm. at some point. Not so many characters. It sets off like a big threat for for our family to kind of face off against in the future, mm-hmm. um, and makes us worry about a character that has been around 
Yeah. S- since the first issue. And gives us like bonus backstory for him that I loved seeing and so many characters that we don't get to see that much of anymore because they're dead. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think with, with a book like Saga versus a book like Walking Dead, you like, I like that I prefer the way that Brian K. Vaughan does it where he'll give you an entire issue dedicated to bringing you up to speed with what another character who hasn't been seen for a while is doing mm-hmm. as opposed to Kirkman who will just kind of give you these tiny... Like, I still like the way Kirkman does it too, yeah. but he'll 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 have these issues where it'll just like give you two pages dedicated to a different character mm. and so you'll catch up with 20 different or 10 different characters mm. over the course of an entire issue right? and, and they're all in completely separate parts of town or, or, or whatever. Right. I like the way Brian K. Vaughan does it too. Yeah, I like having a little bit of space to check it out. Oh, God, I love Fiona Staples so much. She just is so expressive. Yeah. Like you feel all these moments so keenly. And I love how like, you know, pro they are showing really fucked up things in this book but doing yeah. so in a, in a careful way. Absolutely. In a careful way that still feels comic booky, but just personal. a bit more personal. Exactly. Mm, I yeah. love it. Great issue. And well done to both of us for not spoiling any plot points. Yay. Um, now on to another issue of what is rapidly becoming one of our mm. joint favorite books coming out each month is uh, Gail Simone and um, Cat uh, Stags. Stags' book Crosswind. This is the uh, body swap Freaky Friday uh, modernization book uh, in Ugh. which a mobster and a housewife... Uh, swap bodies. It's so fun. It's such a fun book. We have a uh, you know like a, like a kind of vicious, arrogant mobster, mm-hmm. um, basically doing all of his duties for his, for her husband, mm-hmm. um, and and like teaching that her stepson to mm-hmm. you know to to be tough and yep. like you know punching out other other men and teenagers that gawk mm-hmm. at her, mm-hmm. um, and then you have. Uh, this woman trapped in the body of a man who, a gangster who has been like Working selling the information feds. to the feds and has to dispose of bodies. And this, this issue that she calls like she calls herself. Mm. Um, Finally they meet. So they meet over the phone. They have a discussion yeah. over the phone while trapped in each other's bodies about, I mean, so here's the thing. I don't, the one thing I'm not clear of in this is where are they? Are they in the same city? I don't know. I don't, don't know, know yet. That. Yeah, yeah. So because that was that. that was my thing. I'm like, why aren't they just meeting up? And I don't mm. know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what you would ever do then. But uh, like, hello. Yeah. Blah, weird. Have sex probably. <laughs> weird. Do you think that's gonna happen? You reckon they're gonna burn? No. No. Maybe. Maybe. Blah, weird. No, <laughs> I hope not. I loved this. Yeah. This so weird. Um, I loved. Uh, I loved the the girl stuck in the gangster's body, and his girlfriend comes over and makes out with him, mm. and. She has never felt that level of love through a kiss before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Maybe. Uh, yeah, she finds herself quite attracted to his girlfriend. I thought that was really well well handled. Absolutely. Um, it's also outrageously funny. And uh, yeah. we, we were just saying that, you know, Gail Simone is a writer who we, who we love. But, you know, since Secret Six, there hasn't really been a book of hers that we've loved as much as Secret Six, which I think is a near perfect book. Yeah. Um, and this is coming awfully close this is so fun. This is such a good book. And Kat Staggs is an artist that I don't have any familiarity with, but just like as co-creator is, does so much for this book. So much for like the tone of it and putting it in this like ultra realistic seeming setting just makes it like that much funnier. All the sort of school run stuff that she has to do is like, yeah, it's super enjoyable. I'm just looking through like the other image books that I read this week, and I think I loved almost, almost loved. Okay, it was a, it was a killer week. Killer for week image. image. Um, so we're going to talk about the Black Monday murders, number seven, uh, written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Tom Coker. 
Colors by uh, Michael Garland and letters by Russ Wooten, previously mentioned as my favorite letterist. Nice. Probably because I remember his name. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is like a book that like each, when the first few issues that came out, I was like, oh, fuck what happens in this book again? Totally. You meaning this? It's, it's an unbelievably big, immersive world mm. that it's hard to remember all the details of all these families. Unless you have all of the issues next to you at all times. It's basically linking like, uh, like gods in the underworld to the stock market. Yes. And like what and it the means. the black magic of economics. It's right. It's so fun. Um, and this saw like basically two, two men, um, a, um, a, a college professor and a, and, and a detective mm-hmm. um, make a deal to to talk with these these dark gods, yeah, um, and ask basically sell basically buy buy an audience with the gods, yep. using everything they that they own. Because he's like the god of consumption, yeah, and and <laughs> it was fucking thrilling. He's been so fun. He's so good at writing these at writing like. Evil characters, yeah, like totally. truly evil characters. Not Scary like not evil like gods. they killed a bunch of guys. More like 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 the motivation behind these things. Just the like devil viewing humans as absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's so wonderful at writing these enormously mm-hmm. evil figures. I, I, this was, I think, this is my favorite comic this week. Um, oh man! And I and I and I, I still was like, okay, got ready myself a black money Monday moment. It's, it's going to take me like the same time it takes to read four issues to read this, and I'm yeah. going to forget. I'm not going to know who any of the characters are. And I was just like, oh my god, this was brilliant from yeah. start to finish. So fun! Like I, I, I do forget who most of these characters are all the time. I remember the professor and the detective. So thank goodness it was mostly about them. But all the families and stuff. It's all there's a lot of characters to remember. But this was such a fun issue. Like I feel like this is another great jumping on point. And Almost. I feel like I feel like all of the families, it's not as important to remember the minutiae of who's who because exactly. you what you really need is the is the, the anchor of a good person mm-hmm. to pull you through, like to, to someone to root for and to mm-hmm. kind of see f- what they're seeing to kind of mire you into this book more. And I think it does a really good job of fleshing out the yeah, the professor and the and the detective really well. And that's so good. And the fact that this is a three ninety nine book and it is always mm-hmm. chock full of extra material. We have all these like emails between different members, different characters in this, mm-hmm. and it's always a big, meaty read. It's one of the better value comics on the mm-hmm. on the stands now. I love and this. I love that this is setting up kind of the next mystery. Like yes. now we've solved one mystery. A mur- we've solved the a next. murder. Now now we need to solve a, a stock market crash. Yeah. And what caused it? it was Isn't so that good. Fun? Oh man, it's so fun. I love it. Yeah, and like this, the terrifying thought that like these super powerful gods aren't always the ones in charge as yeah. well. Yeah, very, very great stuff. So keeping things black for a moment, let's talk about black magic. Nice. Uh, Greg Rucker, Greg, Greg Rucker, Greg Rucker, and Nicholas Scott's uh, book about a witch who is also a detective. Um, this Nicholas Scott draws a handsome man. I know that's not a controversial statement, no, no, no. And but it bears reminding yeah. constantly. I, I, I really love the detective that she draws yeah. with, with the beard. He's totally. very, very handsome. I have such a crush um, on him. <laughs> he, he is like Catman. I also love the trucker that they chase after as well. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he just draws, she just draws such empathetic, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, like sad puppy men. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, handsome men with problems. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite type. Um, but midway through this issue, I was kind of like, and you might disagree with me passionately mm-hmm. about this. I just kind of wish it was a detective book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't want to remove because I think the, the strongest parts that Nicola is is doing is the witchcraft stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I love the dynamics between um, uh, detectives that that uh, Greg Rucker has done so many times yeah. in so many issues. I mean, that was my favorite thing about about Gotham Central. The um, 
the relationship between the two main detectives. And there were flashes of this when they weren't they weren't talking about crime, they weren't talking about witchcraft, mm-hmm. they were just talking about their Life. lives mm-hmm. and their problems and their their own relationship. And I thought that was the strongest moment of this issue. Mm, that was a really that was a great moment. Um I feel like the weird arc that I I'm I'm like there's no bit of black magic that I'm like, I could take it or leave it. But the like priestly like the guys who are coming to like, I feel like there's two different bad guys in this book. And one is, like, those evil underground people. Yep. Like, creepy children and dolls, etc. Yep. And then there's also, like, these priest guys. Well, they want to rid the world of witches. Yeah. So the, and, and in a way, so the detective is being is being uh, detected upon herself. Mm, absolutely. I believe it's um, I don't heaps love the priest guys. But, like, I'm on board for this entire experience. And it's a beautiful book. I felt like the, some of the dialogue in this was you a just, little bit You just funky. said you have a crush on the priest guy. Nah, I said I the detective. Oh, I don't, you have, love a, the I don't te- have a crush on bowl cut. I was talking about this guy, the guy, the guy, the guy with the beard who picks him up from the airport. Oh, he's handsome as hell. No, nah, no way. With glasses and You're stuff. You're crazy. Oh, he's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have very different tastes in men. Um, so that was uh, yeah, like not the strongest issue for Black Magic, but a compelling issue all the same. Like Moving not a forward. strong issue for Black Magic is still an issue of Black Magic, and that is plenty good enough. Um, changing colours very quickly mm-hmm. from black to red for All Redneck right. issue number six put by Donny Cates Lissandro Estheran and Dee Caniff. I stopped reading this like, this, this was a good issue yeah. um, in which we see it stops being this kind of like um, two different sides barking at each other instead of you know and, and, mm. and leading to no action this is like everything comes to a head and our family basically is forced to leave their home um, and oh, a bunch of horrible shit goes down um, a character a, a character's true motives are revealed, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it, it, basically they, they they have to they have to leave, and it's it's a it's Coral a real, it's a real bummer. Um, but we're learning a lot more about the um, the little girl in mm-hmm. the family as well, and uh, we kind of get a flash forward of what a prominent part of the, the family she's going to become. Mm, cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, oh, that was a good issue. I'm definitely going to stick with the series. I, I was close to the point of dropping it a few issues ago, mm. but the last two issues have been really strong. Nice. I'm um, going to be very interested to see what Donny Cates does over at Marvel too. Yeah, because he just is he exclusive there now. Yeah, or well, he's got he's got he's got to finish Redneck, or mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know how. I think it's going to be an ongoing because with through Skybound, they don't oh, really cool. do miniseries that often. But um, yeah, I, uh, I I I like Donny Cates. I I I'm not super excited for him to take over Doctor Strange with the the various mm. books that I've read so far. I think something a bit more grounded is what he would be better at. But maybe a more grounded Doctor Strange book could be fun. Mm. Um, Lazarus X plus 66 is, uh, another book that I read also by Greg Rucker. Um, this, uh, this is a, a mini series while, uh, regular Lazarus artist, Michael Lark kind of catches up on all the massive work that, it, that comes with doing a month to month book. Um, and so they've, they're doing a bunch of one shots that fill in what other characters within this massive, uh, world, um, are doing, have mm-hmm. been doing. Um, X plus 66 refers to, um, 66 years after the kind of incident that led to, um, all of the, big events in, in the Lazarus book. Um, and uh, this one, we catch up with a, a family who were previously seen as waste, but mm. their um, their children were deemed worthy enough to work for the families. And so they too live in, live in wealth now and kind of hate what they've become. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really cool. I mean, this, 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 this world is just no good. Mm. It's not a good world for them to live in. And uh, this is a, 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 a quite a, a different take on the world, seeing it from the eyes of, 
because we've only ever seen what it, what it's like to be in the world from the, the point of view of the family mm-hmm. um, or soldiers or the waste themselves. And it, 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 it's interesting to see that there still is like a functioning society of people who live in wealth without being in a family because of their connections to the family. Right. Um, yeah, it was a really, really good, great issue. I had um, art by Justin Greenwood um, and this is co-written by Neil Bailey. Um, yeah, really, really great. When we have three issues left of this miniseries before we get Michael Lark back on the regular book. But, I'm, I, you know, I don't... I don't necessarily miss what the book used to be. I think this is this is a really really great you know consolation. Great. Um, finally, the hard place issue number two by uh, one of our favorite new writers of the year, Doug Wagner, with art by Nick Rummel. Um, this is a book about a uh, a getaway driver who uh, gets out of jail mm-hmm. only to find himself um, accidentally back in the shoes of a getaway driver. Oh no! Um, and what uh, coincidences in this um, issue? Comics are great when they're full of coincidences. I agree. Um, because they, yeah, basically he's uh, accidentally become part of a bank robbery uh, by two people that he used to work with, and mm-hmm. they have managed to kidnap the daughter of his, the crime boss that he is. You know, he, he basically is like that's the number one threat to his life anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, all, all all kinds of bullshit about about to, about to go down in, yeah. issue, in, in the future issues. I like this. I like I like Rummel's art a lot. The colors are so good. Yeah, definitely. Especially the flashback moments where you just it's black and white and red. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you only you don't really see you see like you get one page of flashback. We've seen the same thing flashback to mm. in both issues so far. Um, we haven't really learned that much more about it. Just like tiny little like you know you, you, your mind has to kind of make up what what's happened so far. But I like this character, AJ Gurney. Yeah, he's you know a tragic figure that you feel for. Mm-hmm. You just want him to get out and be good. but Yeah. Goodness gracious. Let a man live. Uh, yeah. Good issue. Great week for Absolutely. Image. Yeah, great week for Image. Um, <laughs> little baby Shatterstar is asleep and smiling. Very cute. Making cute little noises. <laughs> um, so uh, now we're going to talk about Marvel. Marvel oh, books cool. this week. Uh, the Punisher issue number 16 is the penultimate issue of Becky Cloonan's Punisher run, which we've enjoyed immensely. Mm-hmm. Um, the last few issues have been a bunch of one-shots featuring uh, Frank Castle returning to New York and mm-hmm. getting back to what he does best. Um, but this issue sees the return of, I guess, the main main threat mm-hmm. uh, from this entire run. His name is Face. And, uh, he, now he doesn't have one. Yes, that's right. He used to remove other people's faces. That's why I got his name. Mm-hmm. And now he uh, is a like a force Scary of nature. Scary skull man. Yeah. Um, and uh, this this is basically is him and Punisher duking out in New York. But I love I love how like kind of how Clunan has humanized Frank Castle in a mm-hmm. in a quite believable way. Like he hasn't made him like this kind of like real bleeding heart guy that just wants to save humanity or anything like. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That he's just made him like a proud, she's just made him like a proud New Yorker. Yeah, totally. Like at one point he asked information from someone whose car is breaking down and then like tells him of someone he knows that runs a garage that'll hook him up. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Which is like in a like while he's on the, like chasing after this like murderous psychopath. Um, I, I really liked those moments. I like that this still has like so many good moments of humor throughout it. Absolutely. Um, I'm really gonna miss Clooney on this book. I think it's one that she really suits. Yeah, definitely. As a writer, um, and I think she writes a really horrifying, scary bad guy. Um, that's really good. Yeah. Do you know that Clooney is actually writing um, a. Uh, no, she's sorry, she's doing art. She's going back to art duties oh, for cool. um, one of the uh, stories in the next issue of Thor. Um, and she is drawing a teen Thor. Um, incidentally, Thor is the book that we're about to talk about right now. Um, Good the Mighty job. Thor, issue number 23, written by Jason Aaron with art by Valeria Shizzy um, and colors by um, uh, Rain Barreto. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, is the finale of the War Thor arc mm-hmm. in which uh, Volstagg has, become, has found a hammer. And become a war Thor. unstoppable war, Thor, Thor of war. Um, and this uh, sees basically a battle between the Thors and even Odinson gets involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh favorite moment in this was the moment between Odinson and um, and Roz, the um, yep. agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I think this wasn't really like the strongest arc of this Thor run, but I thought it wrapped things up really, really, really nicely and provided a lot of growth for Volstagg and also Jane. Agreed. Foster. Yep, absolutely. Um, but uh, and now it, we're finally getting to what all this has been leading up to—the War of Realms. That's right, the enormous War of Realms, which which sees uh, Malekith um, looks like he's going to come and make a deal with with Angela and all the angels of mm-hmm. heaven. Um, so the next issue of Thor is the, is their big legacy book, which is the Mighty Thor issue number seven hundred. All right, um, okay. And uh, look, you can see a little sketch of um, of Becky Cloonan's. Oh my god. Teen, Thor. Teen Odinson. Cute. Um, I love and then, it. Um, James Harron from Rumble is doing a, a Volstag story. That also um, looks cool. There's, there's so many great artists on it. Um, who has it got? Uh, Walter Simonson, mm-hmm. Russell Dorderman, Matthew Wilson, Daniel Lacuna, James Harron, Becky Cloonan, Das Pastoris, Chris Burnham, Andrew McLean. Andrew McLean from fucking oh, wow. um, Headlopper, which yeah. is so perfect. Wow. Um, and uh, Jill Thompson. From uh, who wow. did Wonder Woman and Mike Del Mondo and Oliver Coipel. Oh my god! What a lineup! That's so enormous. Teach me, teach me not to read the letters page. <laughs> I always read the letters page. I always watch all the credits of every movie I see. You're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to respect the filmmakers, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a this is a good issue, wow. but I really, really am excited for issue number seven hundred. Absolutely, agree. even if it's called the Death of the Mighty Thor. Do you think she's going to die? I don't think she's going to die. I think she's going to die. If, if, but here's, here's the thing, though. If she does, you know that Jason Aaron will do it in a way that you won't be upset at. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be mortified. Be but, like, you'll be like, you know, this is the end that of was this a good, journey. Yeah. Um, Thanos, issue number 11, uh, the last uh, last Marvel book Lemire will write, mm-hmm. at this point in time anyway, uh, with art by um, 
German Peralta, which is, uh, this, this is a very strong issue for art-wise as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Yeah, we're Such brilliant too. Colors. Um, this uh, sees uh, Thane, son of Thanos, go head-to-head with his father mm-hmm. um, in a battle that uh, it provides many, many dangerous situations for the other characters in this book. Uh, Nebula they- and Shirtless Tr- Lobo. What's his name? Tri- Tri- yeah. Trigos or something? Um so that they're basically trying to escape this planet before um, Thanos and Thane destroy it while they fight. Yeah, because Thane has Phoenix powers now, and Thanos has Thanos powers. Yeah, and uh, I thought this is a, a really, really fun, yeah, brutal like issue. This. Yeah, it was good. It was just a, it was just a smackdown, and then people trying to get out of the way of the smackdown. But I don't, I, and I don't think that they ever good. actually do. They land back on the planet they were on to begin with, or did this? They did, go back that, to the end of did, the universe. Oh, right. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Yeah, this is really fun. Yeah, it'll be fun for something so like you know. Brutal. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, did you read Black Panther this week? I sure did. Tana Hissy Coates, Chris Browse, Wilfredo Torres, um, and uh, inks by Carl Story and Torres with colors by Laura Martin. Um, I love the art on this book. Beautiful. It's like... Beautiful book. just gets better and better. And I like... I'm enjoying this... Um, I'm really enjoying this arc as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I wasn't at first, but it's yeah, 100% sold me. And I love the um, the, the the character moments between um, T'Challa and his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, Shuri. Shuri, which I thought, like, cause when she came back, it kind of just felt like, okay, now what? Because they didn't really seem to have that much warmth towards each other. But this mm-hmm. was a, an issue entirely, pretty much the two of them teaming up, um, taking down um, their enemy, which turns out to be the return of probably Black Panther's most famous enemy. Um, mm-hmm. And I was very excited to see him. Yeah, everyone who's, everyone who is familiar enough to know who Black Panther's uh, most famous enemy is definitely already reading this book. So I didn't really spoil the ending. <laughs> <Agreed>. <laughs> uh, but I, I really loved that reveal at the end. Absolutely. It was really, really cool. And I really enjoyed um, all the stuff still happening with Ao and Aniko. Is that their names? Um, yeah, it was really cool. I love them working alongside T'Challa instead of against him. Yeah. Warms my heart. Ah, delightful. Now, cause you can, you can, to continue, the Bendis positivity. Oh, with this, I don't know. Like, you know, this... this Unprecedented what, Bendis you know, positivity. If, if, I'm sure there's someone out there that only listened to series issues because of how much we used to shit on Bendis. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? Everything I loved about the podcast is gone. I listened gone. to two hours a week just waiting. Um Infamous Iron Man, issue number 12, written by Brian Bendis with Alex Maleev and Matt Hollingsworth, actually brings this series to an end before okay. um, Legacy brings back the Invincible Iron Man. Um, so I'm not sure what What's happens. What's going to happen to Doom? Yeah. I just feel like this is such a like weird character development for Doom. It is. like Honestly, like uh, if you ever find the time, you never will. Um, <laughs> I never will. <laughs> but I really recommend going back and just reading these 12 issues mm. because they... It was a, this was actually a really cool run, and like first and foremost, Alex Maleev's art with, with yeah. Matt Hollingsworth on colors, like it's absolutely brilliant. It's career best work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and That's uh, a lot of dialogue. Yeah, so this is like, so basically, um, this 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 is like Mephisto was like the first mm. person that Doom ever like fucked over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, like or like the devil, you know. So this sees Mephisto coming back, trying to trying to take down Doom once and for all, and he delivers. His entire monologue, not to Doom, not to Stephen Strange, who has teamed up with Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, he delivers it to the reader. He explains Lovely. all his motivations, breaking the, th- the, the, the fourth wall, like totally Deadpool st- style, mm-hmm. explaining why he did what he did, making jokes about it. Yeah. And I actually, like, I thought, I was like, if Bendis is going to Bendis, this is a great, great way of doing it. Um, yeah. It was, it was really humorous. And it, like, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, I, I hate the character that, that that tells his entire motivations to the reader and 
the um and the main character, mm-hmm. um, which is what um uh, a lot of DC books this week really suffered from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just like just this massive information dumped, all their all their motivations just like blah. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was done really, really intelligently and, 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 and funnily in this book. But the reason I loved it the most is that this is still celebrating... It's not really an Iron Man book. Obviously, it's got Doom. It's much more a Fantastic Four book because you right. have Ben Grimm as, a, as one of the main characters. And um, Grimm is, you know, someone that will never, ever forgive Doom, even when S.H.I.E.L.D. is ready to because he's actually helping them now. Um, so instead of fighting with him, um, Doom just teleports Ben Grimm to Amsterdam <laughs> and... And Ben Grimm is like, what the fuck? You know, why am I here? Mm. Well, he's also, obviously he doesn't say what the fuck. Obviously. I wish he would. But he says, now where in Sam Hill's dirty underpants? Nice. <laughs> Which is his way of saying what the fuck. That's a good, um, that's a good swear. And he, he's, swear. He, he finds himself in an apartment with a, uh, a note from Doom that says, this has been a difficult year, Benjamin. Take a vacation on me. I found <laughs> this to be the most beautiful place outside of my home country. Stay. If you ever want to come back, this is yours. A small token, Victor. And Lame. I was just like, no, that's amazing. It's so nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like you are you're Victor Von Doom. You know, I'm not just going to be like, cool, I'm going to take this holiday but what, what if a, I'm Ben Grimm. What, I don't know. What else can Doom do, though? Just be, just be just punished. Go for his... away. Yes. No, be punished for your crimes no, forever. But then we, then we don't get Doom in anything. War crimes. Yeah, good. <laughs> you just want, what, you don't like the character of Doom? You want I him do, to... but I want him to be a bad guy. Right. Okay, sure. Well, um, he is a bad guy. It's such a bizarre reason. But he's one of those morally ambiguous guys that he's, he's bad because he, from is his he eyes, he's morally ambiguous? Doing... Well, like in the same sometime... sense of Lex Luthor. But yeah, I know who is, yeah, but like, you know, Luthor's currently a good guy and we don't have as many problems yeah. with that. That's true. Yeah, I think Doom can work as a as a his good name guy. Is Doom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think like my favorite villains at the moment are Doom, Kingpin, and, and Luther. Yeah, just because they are like, from their point of view, they're doing the right thing. Yeah, no, like Doom is one of the all time great villains. I just don't know if I like. I'm saying this from the standpoint of not having read the book, which is always a bullshit opinion to have. <laughs> but like, I'm not here for handsome Doom. I'm not here for handsome Doom being forgiven by everyone. I'm Ben Grimm. Give this a chance. It's good. It's a Send me to good, Amsterdam good and we'll talk. It was a good book. It was. A, it had some emotional moments in it too. Um, Benis is back, baby. I would like a holiday to Amsterdam from Benis. <laughs> then I'll read your book. Well, if, yeah, if you suddenly woke up in... Uh, in Amsterdam in the park. <laughs> With a note from Bendis. From Bendis saying, Siobhan, it's been, it's been a, Shinbo, it's been a Between rough year. Between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there are two books. There were two books this week, oh, both hilarious. written by Colin Bunn. Oh my goodness, I didn't um, read. Oh, I read one Colin Bunn book. And both of them were, both of them featured uh, big fights between Deadpool and Carnage. Cool. Um, oh, wow. One of them was Venomverse issue number four, which after liking last three featuring the reveal of, of Carnage, this is back to its taking itself way too seriously. Mm. with those. Like, I think my biggest problem with the enemies in this, those weird little white things, they're just yeah. terribly designed. Mm. They look like, um, did you ever play Yoshi's Island? No. I just got a SNES Mini, so I've been playing it a lot. Nice. Um, they're just like, at one point, there are these little like things that like, they're like these little seed creatures that like, just kind of like jump around. And Sounds annoying. And you got to eat them. But they, 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 they like you know, they were created because it was hard making sprite little sprite things look very detailed. Right. Whereas you know, an artist has infinite amount of space and ink at mm. his disposal to design something good, and these look worse than that. 
they do look pretty silly. Um, I you know I like seeing the different other versions of of other other characters in this book. Whatever, it's 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 got one issue left. I'm still going to read it. You're hilarious. Uh, there's this was the final issue of Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again, which was mm-hmm. the other issue in which uh, Carnage and Deadpool went head to head. I really liked this series. Mm. It was very silly. It did not take itself seriously, but it also was like you know allowed allowed uh, Bun to tell a story featuring so many Marvel characters and also like you know. Uh, allowed some emotional moments for Deadpool in which like, you know, like he basically has to, he comes face to face with all of the um, enemies that made him kill the, the Marvel, Marvel heroes to begin with in this issue. Um, and I thought it was really good. I, I also think um, Dalibor Talajic is going to be an artist that I, Talajish, I don't know. Um, let us know. Check listener. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, he's definitely going to be a, a create an artist that I just always keep an eye out for. Now I loved his art in this book. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Nice. So yeah, I, I thought this was a, a fun little mini series, whereas Venomverse is is not for me. Hmm. I read um, X Men Blue, which is also written by Colin Bunn, mm-hmm. making that three Colin Bunn books this week. Is three that, Bunn books. Is that all? Um, with art by Douglas Frenchin. This is so. This is like the young, time transported, time displaced X Men team that now also have an alternate universe. Young, handsome Wolverine. And now they also have a vampire alternate universe teen storm. Right. That's all I have to say on the matter. Um, so I, you know, next week is the big week that we get all these legacy books. Mm. So um, I guess like all, all the Marvel books are starting new arcs mm-hmm. and going back to original numbering. Mm. I was considering jumping back on to all Marvel books again, giving them a <laughs> shot now that it's kind of like a new direction mm. with legacy. And then I got to, oh, the realization I had to do that for X-Men Blue and Gold too. Mm. Should I give it another chance? Look, I'm the wrong person to ask because I read them all anyway because I pick them up for Nate because he loves X-Men. Uh-huh. Um, and so I still read them all anyway, but I'm not... like Okay, the one X-Men book which I will rate... Yeah, I, 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 I don't know why I didn't pick this up. I love this. I love yeah. this book. Generation X, written by Christina Strain, with art by Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque. Um, this issue was all about iBoy as his featuring um, an amazing cover. Yeah, and his his um, he seems to be going through some kind of secondary mutation where his eyes are now doing crazy things like he can see through people's clothes and then he can see like an x-ray and then he can see like a heat signature and he's like going crazy because he's like i can't control this and i can't sleep and this is terrible and it's just him having an adventure really low key adventure with um nature girl where they rescue some animals from an evil um pied piper type dude awesome and it was really good fun and this is what i want from x-men books yeah that's great i'm gonna steal that right now in fact give it to me i'm gonna gonna throw it in my pile um, I also read issue 23 of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which... Um, it's on my to-do list. I've got it here for my bus ride home. Yeah. But it was good. I'm not I that's what I mean. Yeah. It's I, excellent. I, it's it was just, a bit sad. It's Oh, really? And now it's leading into a new story arc. It's but. almost the end of Moon of, of Girl Moon, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This wraps up the Girl Moon, but I wouldn't be surprised if that stuff comes back. Um, but yeah, this was a... This was a Sad issue to read, oh. but beautiful. I would love to know if you have a child who is of reading age that is enjoying Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Yeah, um, just let us know. I don't. I, 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 it's one of those books that I can't read to wait. wait can't wait to read with my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That, that and Squirrel Girl. Um, it's such a, such beautiful books and such good introductions to comics too. Especially if there's someone who who is doing like through Scholastic that you know the, the school mm-hmm. book ordering stuff. I love the idea of. You know, when I was a kid, we had the Scholastic Services called Lucky Book Club. Yep, 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 yep. 
Sorry. That's triggered something I in Siobhan. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in the Magic School Bus Club. Wow, that was awesome. But Lucky Book Club was like, you know, you got this this eight page pamphlet uh-huh. um, of all the different books that you could order through your school. Um, and you take it home and you tick a bunch of things and your parents would include like a money order. Yeah. And then you would take it back to school and then a month later you get a bunch of new books. Ah, nostalgia. So good. Um, and I, I love the idea that like, because that's like one of the big sellers of the big way, like Moon Girl is apparently still in print according to rumors say is because okay. it does so well. The trades do so well in Scholastic. Right. Um, through, through, I love the idea of someone ordering Moon Girl mm. and Devil Dynasty through this school. If you know anyone that does this, please confirm. I'm very Adorable. excited to think about that. Yeah, that's nice. I just thought I'm going to pick up the first couple of school girl trades for yep. nephew. Done that way. Amazing. <laughs> um, also, um, uh, it's my dad's birthday very, very soon. Happy birthday. Um, dad. Thanks. Happy birthday, Chris. Thanks for looking happy after birthday, my Chris. son all weekend. Oh, that's nice. Um, and uh, uh, I'm going to buy my dad the Flintstones trades. Cute. Uh, they were very good and I think mm, the, the satire in them he'd, he'd appreciate it a lot my dad hates everything that's not like opera okay um, and so I have a really tough time trying to get comics for it <laughs> <laughs> or anything yeah he likes oh, there's like one like strip comic that he loves that he thinks is like the best thing ever which is some political satire Dunesbury? with animals no 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 not oh. Junesbury. Um, I can't think of what it's called The Wizard of Id <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what's, what's the snake one the snake strip? Oh, I don't know what the snake strip oh, is. Anyway, we have some terrible strip comics in Australia. Everyone you know, newspapers. Um, I don't know why I started talking about my dad. I love I my did. dad. That was my fault. I love your dad too. What's my your dad. dad's name? Jim. Shout out to Jim. Yep. Second Jim we give a shout out to on King of Serious <laughs> Issues. Um, so over to DC now. The big DC uh, book this week, I guess, was issue number 31 of Wonder Woman because it is the start of Children of the Gods, the new arc by new creative team, James Robinson. Um, and uh, a big art team consisting of, oh boy, Carlo Pagulian with inks by Sean Parsons, Jason Paz, and Scott Hanna, and colors by Romulo Fiato Jr. Romulo Ferrado Jr. You did a good job. Um, and this kind of is the, you know, in, in the big rebirth issue and, and in the Justice League, Geoff John's last Justice League uh, run during the New 52, it was revealed that uh, Wonder Woman has a brother. Mm hmm. And uh, we then had 30 issues of Wonder Woman that did not address that at all. And Yay. now here they are finally addressing it. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's by James Robinson, who is a writer who has so many books that I love, mm-hmm. but is hard to recommend to someone with his modern, <laughs> with right. his, more, his more recent books. You know, yeah. And he's the first to admit that. If you read Airboy, which is his best, mm-hmm. more re- most recent work. Highly, he- extremely controversial book. Yeah, but a lot of trouble about that. A lot of trouble, but he also directly addressed those um, and, mm-hmm. and worked with people to, to I guess, to the best of he could fix them for the trade release, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of admitted that his own ignorance, mm. which I think is a, it's a good way to apologise to just admit you were, you were wrong. Um, and if you can't forgive people who try to grow, how are they? Gonna, how's anyone going to grow and, and learn I will to never do forgive Doom. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, so Children of the Gods. Um, is uh, is the start of this new Wonder Woman arc, um, and it begins by introducing us to a man that looks like Paul Bunyan, the uh, American. What's what did Paul Bunyan do? Like chop oh, the fucking I tree down? I don't know who that. Know who <laughs> man, we just offend American listeners. This I is know like... nothing about your culture and your weird foreign ways. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Bunyan, I'm sure, was like some racist guy that cut down trees. <laughs> Way <laughs> to ruin the environment, Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Um, anyway, it turns out he's Hercules. There's a big statue of him in uh, in Fargo. Oh, the okay. Movie Fargo. There you go. 
Also, the town Fargo, I think. Yeah, amazing. Um, uh, and uh, anyway, so yeah, um, this this big guy lives in this small town in America. He's trying to live, a, have a low profile, and it turns out he's Hercules. Everyone loves him. Everyone in town loves him. Son of Zeus, and as Wonder Woman is all, is the daughter of Zeus. Is that who her brother is? The, I'm okay with that if that's what the reveal is. Yeah, that's I guess. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, it makes sense because like that was like what um, Azarello's um, run what, re- revealed that that Wonder Woman was mm. the, was the daughter of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it looks like, um, not only does she have a brother, she has brothers because she's spawned many children Yeah, and there is a, um, uh, a, there's a monster, a God woman thing that's hunting down all of Zeus's children. Darkseid's daughter. Darkseid's daughter. That's right. That was a very key point, moment to realize, remember. <laughs> I don't know and, what her name is. What's her name? And if you liked, uh, baby Darkseid in, 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 in Dark Knight's Metal, are you or ready? Or you liked Teen Apocalypse. Tween. Tween Darkseid. Just make him way more evil. Yeah. He just, now he dabs. He's, now he's a brat. Yeah. <laughs> now he dabs. <laughs> Dab sides back, motherfuckers. <laughs> he's got a YouTube page. And he, oh, says, ah. he says the N-word while gaming. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he's an incel. <laughs> Incels are my favorite. Um, but... Yeah, I, I thought this issue was like, you know, for all the build-up, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, that was fine. I liked it. I thought yeah, yeah, this was a good too. issue. Yeah, I thought the colours were beautiful. It's really lovely. I guess I was expecting a very, like, personal, like, Wonder Woman yeah, yeah, revelation, yeah. which I suppose we will get eventually. I, I'm, I'm actually glad we didn't get that. It wasn't a heavy-handed issue at all. It was just kind of setting up who this character was. And I then, liked the Poirot. The guy who comes guy. and reveals, that, like, yeah, that, that she is uh, heir to Hercules' fortune. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought this is a, this is a cool issue, uh, and uh, I'm 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 going to definitely read uh, the 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 next one. Yeah. Good fun. Awesome. Uh, over to Detective now. It was actually a very big week for DC mm. um, because we got the uh, the latest arc from the Detective, which is the Lonely Place of Living, which is a reference to the. Um, the first kind of big Tim Drake story, which is called A Lonely Place of Dying, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite Batman stories ever. It's much better than Death Death in the Family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the kind of immediate follow-up to that. And um, I think it's a really strong... It's like... I think it's Titans, Batman, and, and Detective, like a crossover between the three. That's like five issues. Right. You read it before? No. It's such a good, such a good little story. Um, and it's all about Tim Drake kind of re- like... Uh, Talking about why Batman needs a Robin mm-hmm. and he, him becoming Robin. Tim um, is my favorite Robin as well, so I really should have read that. And so we know that in Detective, he's been, you know, he's thought to be dead, but turns out he's been uh, in this weird cell being held by Mr. Oz, who mm-hmm. we now know is um, Jor-El because of Action Wonky-eyed Comics. Wonky-eyed Jor-El. Yeah. Um, more on him in our next review, next, next issue that we review. Um, and uh, so this sees him kind of, re- he learns in this issue that, 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 Mr. Oz is Jor-El. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck did he call himself Mr. Oz? Are we ever going to learn that? Because uh, who cares? Yeah. He was like, I really like the Wizard of Oz. It's the one thing of Earth's culture that I really enjoyed. Really? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did that happen in Action Comics this week? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. It was, just to, it was just to do a silly double bluff to make us all think it was going to be Ozymandias. That's right. Um. Yeah, but uh, this issue uh, is is what I was talking about earlier. Um, you have uh, the massive information dump, yeah. as Jorel explains. Well, no, first we have Tim Drake. First we have Jorel and Tim Drake like talking about Tim Drake's life, mm-hmm. and we have flashbacks. Like, like Jorel basically quizzing Tim Drake on his own life. But just give us sense. the flashback, and then say, and then cut back to Tim Drake, and and we're aware that 
that Jorel knows all his backstory. Mm. Don't have us. Don't have two people narrating a, a flashback. <laughs> I hate that shit. It's like really, really old comics that I feel like new comics have gotten better than mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. Anyway, but I, was, I quite enjoy uh, this issue, and that's only the first half of the issue. Then, yeah. then we then we kind of uh, we have uh, Tim Drake learn, like basically trying to escape. Um, and and uh, mm-hmm. he does so with another big reveal um, that we have Tim Drake from the future. Yes. Who has become Batman using a gun. Yes. Is this the same Tim Drake that we see in Batwoman at the moment? I don't know. Right. But I am. There was a there was a hilarious and one of my favorite um, Teen Titans Jeff Johns story arcs. They travel to the future and they've become like evil Justice League. Fun. Um, and Tim Drake was Batman in that, and he was like, "I'll never become Batman. I'll never become evil Batman." But I love it. I love evil, gun-toting Tim Drake Batman. Um, I love the art in this as well by Eddie Barrows. Yeah, it feels really like nostalgic. Definitely. I well, I mean, well, I mean yeah, there are, he's directly redoing some panels from Lonely Place of Dying. So Absolutely. That, that, yeah, and nailing the color as well. With the mm-hmm. colors on this one by um, uh, Adriano Lucas with inks by Eber Ferreira. Um, Eber, the art team did a great job on this issue. Yeah. Um, there was it just it felt very epic in scope for, Agreed. For, to look at. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, over to action right now. Uh, action Comics number nine hundred and eighty-eight. Uh, the continuation of the Oz effect, uh, dealing with uh, with Clark coming face to face with his parent, with his dad. Sorry, um, and learning. Why does it have a Lara? I feel like Jor El shows up all the time. What Does about he? Lara? When else is Jor El showing up? I don't know. <laughs> but you're right. It should have been Lara. Um, uh, first thing I want to shout out before criticizing this issue is I loved the art by was it Ryan Sook? Yeah, he's so doesn't good. really look like Ryan. No, Sook, it doesn't. But I look, loved the, it. The first page does. The first page is phenomenal. That's that's yeah. that's peak Sook, big big chisel jawed. <laughs> it's, it's still really good. It seems like was it inked by someone else? Maybe I don't know. No. Or maybe it wasn't inked by someone else. Maybe maybe someone else normally does Sook's inks. Anyway, I liked it. Yeah, um, but uh, again, this was just like. Jorel like narrating his entire life and mm. how he did everything. What's it called when like the um, exposition? Exposition. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I actually, do you know today on my phone as I was reading this, going like, "Fuck, I can't. Th- I can. I always <laughs> forget this word. The two words I always forget are ambiguity mm-hmm. and exposition. Nice. So I've made a note in, in my phone. <laughs> words I that, forget. That just says ambiguity, and now I'm going to add exposition. Nice. Good job. Um, um <laughs> like you're like pausing the podcast. I'm do literally that. doing this because otherwise I forget. <laughs> This was, um, I mean, you know what? I liked Ryan Sook's art and I didn't, I, this was absolutely fine. I didn't hate it. There were a couple of moments that I was like, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. It was, it's quite a weirdly yeah. like pro-military American comic now or something. Um, but just the whole vibe of like, uh, he went to the most lawless place in the world in the Maybe Middle East. the Middle East. Yeah. Maybe Africa. I was actually hoping... Warlords. When they were there, I was like, oh, shit, is he in where Black Adam lives? Oh, Because how good would that be if they brought... Yeah, that would be sick. Like, make it a fictitious DC lawless place. Yeah, totally. And have Black Adam There's be the dictator. There's heaps of them. There's heaps of There's so of many them. of them. Bring back Black Adam. Fuck, fuck, Black Adam's such a good character. Why, a good where villain. is he? Why isn't he in anything? I don't know. I'm going to reread 52, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just talk about it all the time. Yeah, it's the best. Um... But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say a little less than fine. I think it was it was a bit dull. Uh, yeah, it was because a bit the boring. storytelling and a bit of like the we've whole... just we've just gone we've gone beyond the need to totally. narrate 
every single moment of exposition. Just show us the flashback. Yeah. And then have Jarrell going, now you know, Cacao. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And the whole, like, uh, I'm a bad guy because humanity is so evil. Look at all the evil things they've done. The Holocaust. We must wipe them out. And then Superman has to prove humanity's goodness. Like, I feel like this just happens. Yeah. You know what the key is? You show him Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Judy Garland breaks your heart. Then he'll and then be like, done. instead of instead of killing all humanity, I'm just going to kill all witches. Yes. And then Jor-El flies around the earth with a big bucket of water. And then dumping he clicks it over his witches. heels and there's no place like home. Great. I can't wait. Done. Um, Nightwing, the new order, this uh, future Elseworlds story. Put an Elseworlds logo on this book. ADC. Yeah, why not? What are you doing? Uh, written by Kyle Higgins uh, with art by somebody, McCarthy. Um, I don't know. Where it is, it's written in here somewhere. We'll get to it, everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the story in which um, Nightwing uh, has basically taken away all of the world's superpowers um, somehow. Somehow, uh, and unfortunate for Nightwing, his son, who he, which he's had a son with Starfire, um, which is what we learned in this issue, um, has has started de- developing superpowers of his own. Mm-hmm. And what happened? To Starfire because she doesn't seem to be in the picture anymore. Um, so art Did by Trevor die? McCarthy and inks by sorry letters by Clayton Cowles on this. Uh, well, she didn't. We don't know if she's dead. We just know she's powerless at this yeah. point. So who knows? But there's no Batman in this. We don't, we don't know how Batman died either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of mystery, and I, I like that we're not like. So this does flashbacks really, really well. It mm-hmm. uh, it has like it has narration, but not narration alongside dialogue. Dialogue, yeah, which is what. The other two books both did. Um, just choose one or the other. Yeah. Don't, and it was also narrated by someone who wasn't there. It's narrated by his son talking about what his dad did as opposed mm-hmm. to Nightwing talking about what he did. Mm. It's all, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I'm being pedantic, but I, I think, think that's a better way to do it. slightly better written. It is a better written comic. You're right. Um, <laughs> well, as I was just thinking about this, I was like, wait, how did you find something to turn off the powers of like aliens and then also people who got their powers in a horrible accident or people like that's a that's a very specific yeah gene cute, bomb yeah thing. Right. anyway whatever not important um i like what i like about this is this world in which like the most beloved you know one of the most beloved dc characters is also kind of the most hated mm. and he hates himself more than anyone yeah and, uh, alfred doesn't like him can you imagine alfred not liking you but not enough to leave yeah <laughs> he's still around he's like i'll still bring you tea but i'm not gonna like it yeah I, I really i really like this version of alfred as well um this is a cool book i'm, I'm yeah. you know it's it just again just lots more questions being posed mm-hmm. um and uh and eventually we'll get these answers i'm sure i'm enjoying it yeah me too um so I, this is not a predicament, but um, I love Tom King, mm. uh, the DC exclusive writer who is uh, currently writing Batman. He's currently doing Mr. Miracle. He did a fantastic run on The Vision. He did uh, mm-hmm. that brilliant new uh, Omega Man. Um, he did an excellent uh, Grayson. Mm-hmm. He did The Sheriff of Babylon. Um, and I've, I've, loved all, I've loved all those books. Mm-hmm. Um, and now when I see his name on something, I go, cool, I'm going to love this. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if that stops me from being critical of it um, because I fucking loved Chapter 9 of the Commandy Challenge, mm-hmm. which is the DC kind of uh, one creative team doing each issue, creating a crazy cliffhanger for each 
creative next creative team to solve in their issue. Um, yeah. So this was uh, Tom King writing this issue. Um, it's all a big tribute to Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. and this has art by um, making his debut. Uh, for DC, um, the creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman, um, working alongside uh, Freddie Williams II. Um, and uh, this issue was so different to every Commandy book before it, mm-hmm. issue before it, and I fucking loved it so much. Yeah. I didn't love it. I have, like, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm packing my feelings about it. I think that I'm starting to feel a little bit like I know exactly what I'm getting in for when I read a Tom King book, which is kind of... I mean, not that you have to change your style drastically. Like, Hickman works on really, you know, you you expect certain things from a Hickman book, like designed pages and interesting lettering and lots Mm. of back matter and stuff like that. But just like I'm becoming a little bit, I feel like Tom King is really, maybe it's like the themes that he keeps coming back to or the fact that I I, like that opening page, you're like, oh, okay, cool. I see what's happening here. Like, it's another page of, you know, darkness with just a couple of letters on it and that sort of thing like the same thing that we see with the dark side is bits in Mr. Miracle and like again I the thing that I really was enjoying about this commandy challenge is that it was a real it embraced the the high fantasy and the high fun and adventure of Jack Kirby's work you know and taking that and making it incredibly grim and kind of dealing with trauma and all of these you know really um Tom King seems to re look at everything as like uh, kind of PTSD and war and all this sort of stuff. And I, I don't think that those aren't themes that we, you know, we should, we should explore all those kinds of themes, but it's just kind of like, Oh, this was a really grim end to what was a pretty fun, exuberant. Oh, there's still book. three more, there's still three more oh, issues of this. Well, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> this, this was like, it's eulogy. You know what I mean? Like this was hard. Like this was a dark, hard read. And I really enjoyed Kevin Eastman on the book. So, but it was, yeah, it was the, pretty... The premise of this issue is that Commandy wakes up in a room filled with uh, various other creatures and every day a big robot, an unstoppable robot, a door opens, a robot walks in, he grabs one of the creatures and then walks out with them. We Drags don't know, them out. We don't know where they go, we don't know what happens to them, but Commandy tries to stop the robot every single time he enters the room and he's trying to get stronger and stronger and stronger and, and eventually beat this robot. Um and uh, basically the cliffhanger where normally it is, you know, Commandy like falls to his doom or, or a bomb is about to blow someone. up. The, the, this one, it's very bleak. He basically, it basically ends with Commandy being taken to the room and the cliffhanger yeah. is what's in the room. So he has, in a way, set up a very, very cool cliffhanger. That he's, he basically spends the entire issue setting up the cliffhanger, which I thought was I, I appreciated as opposed to this like you know fun throwaway final panel like oh shit. <laughs> um, but I would say this issue like I did not get the vibe of like this being linked to PTSD. I got the vibe of this being more Maybe about this is my the the, re- the repetition of of adventure comics in right. that in that like you know the same shit happens like the poor poor commandy like. You know, it just, mm. he just he, the reset button just gets hit at the end of each each issue or each strip about him, mm. and then he's in the same peril. Mm-hmm. And what does that do? I guess it's, it's the PTSD bringing into it. Like, you know, what does that do to your psyche? Yeah, exactly. If you're constantly in the jaws of adventure, yeah, and you know, you've been away from everything you knew and loved for so long, what happens to you? Um, I you get. get I totally, look. I, I think. <laughs> I think if the entire Commandy book was was like this, yeah, I would see. 
I, I, I too would be like, oh, this is like a bit grim. But mm. I, I really, really enjoyed that Tom King was just like, fuck it, I'm going to Tom King this one. Because yeah. I felt, I, I don't know, I feel like some of the art, the writers on this have been like, oh, I'm going to totally try my hand at Jack Kirby style. And some of them haven't been very good at it. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like Tom King just kind of was like, I'm going to pay tribute to Kirby the way I would do it in other books. And I, and I really... <laughs> I, look, I, I get that it was it was tonally insanely yeah. different. I still think my favorite issue of this so far has been the one written by Bill Willingham, mm-hmm. um, because it was like still like a very high fun adventure yeah. story. But as a like you know a refrain in the middle of like you know I thought this was a, a very very cool take on the challenge. I think that I was just a little bit disappointed because Tom King is so capable of fun. Sure. And I would have. Yeah, there are totally fun moments, fun issues of his Batman run, and they still have grim moments or sure. moments of pathos. But it's like, you know, it's a bit of a jolly romp. And this was a bit of, uh, oh, I want to kill myself. Right. I, li- I, I It was very, very heavy, but I liked that there were moments of attempted fun that were just met by Grizzly Ann. I love the, mm. the poor girl writing the comic Ugh. in which, writing the story in which Commandy saves everybody. And so we have her narrating... Commandy saving the day as he's getting the shit beaten out of him by the robot again. Yeah, just hot, but yeah. I don't like it. I, like uh, it wasn't gritty though. It's just dire, and I think yeah. you know. I, I don't know. I, I think I still I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, if you're if you're having a bad day, don't this is not this. the comic for you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I need to unpack my feelings about Tom King's work. Do you remember the, the, like, like, what has happened in this podcast? I love Bendis now, and you're not the Ice Queen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, I have feelings, and I hate it. <laughs> um, let's have a little, a little bit of a breather. Let's talk about Justice League and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, th- actually, this is the, the the first of two miniseries. <laughs> so tonally different. I know that's right. Um, two two collaborations with other. Um, publishers that DC did. Uh, we got Bat- Justice League and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers through Boom with DC, and Batman and the Shadow with Dynamite. I'm not reading uh, they, either of these. They're books. both finished uh, this week. And Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, written by Tom Taylor, um, just like it was exactly what it should have been, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the same way that like if Colin Bunn wrote this, you would kind of be able to predict where this book was going to go mm-hmm. from that first issue. And that's to say, look, look, Colin Bunn does an adequate job on all of his books to me. I know yeah. he has a lot of fans, but, but I think Tom Taylor just has a little bit more imagination to the to the, to mm-hmm. the, the, the concepts that he that he's given, and is able to like you know like Injustice he, that book is so much better than it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this this too was like you know nowhere near reaching the levels of Injustice, but like just it celebrated the legacy of both Justice League and Power Rangers in a way that wasn't just like you know, here are all the characters. Like it basically had like, you know, the pink ranger who is good with a bow and arrow gets access to green arrows artillery at one point. And, um, and there was just a whole bunch of other fun little nods to, to, to both DC and power rangers within this. And it kept stayed fun. The art by, um, uh, God, somebody, somebody burn was, was very, very good. I wish all. I wish they just wrote the full names. I, I, I know it's, it would only be for podcasters in mind, but I wish they wrote the full names of all the creators on the front cover or fucking something. Yeah, there was just some consistency. Stephen guys. Byrne was did the art and colors on the book, and I really loved his his his, uh, his art. But more than anything, like I just think this serves as testament to Tom Taylor being one of the one of the one of the really great superhero um, comic book writers at the moment. Yep, agreed. So well, well done, Tom Taylor. Um, over to Batman and the Shadow um, through DC and Dynamite, written by Scott Snyder. Um, Steve Orlando with art by um, 
uh, Rosmo and Placencia. Uh, Riley Rosmo doing unbelievable, um, like fun and different Love takes Riley on Rosmo. all these characters. Like, yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see what they do next too. Um, but uh, as a story, I was very up and down with this. I think mm-hmm. I, I really, really loved peering into the, the shadow stuff, mm-hmm. but less so with the uh, the Batman stuff. Right. Um, and it, it, it did a good job of, of combining both their worlds um, uh, by the end. But uh, I think oh, yeah, I was very surprised that I found the Batman element of this uh, like the weak part, mm. um, considering the history that Snyder has writing the character. Yeah, I think he has a pretty patchy history of writing Yeah, it's actually true. Um, <laughs> I like him best when he was writing Dick. That's true. Um, and uh, hilariously... As this miniseries ends, we get a new miniseries that Dynamite's putting out. DC just finished Batman in the Shadow. The Dynamite starts next week by putting out the Shadow Batman. Oh, hilarious. And that's written by, um, by Steve Orlando again. So who, who knows how different that's going to be, but I will I will let you know next week. How funny. Um, speaking of Dick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I read also um, Batgirl, the latest issue of The Summer of Lies, part two of Summer of Lies. Written by Hope Larson with um, pencils by Chris Wildgoose and inks by Jose Mazen Jr. And colors by Matt Lopez. Um, this is like a two story arcs concerning Barbara Gordon and Dick Grayson. One, we get a flashback to one of their first adventures together, which is really sweet. We get to see their relationship develop. We get to see like a fun little mystery developing that is going to tie into whatever is going on now. And I like it. End of review. Excellent. Um, I read uh, issue number 14 of Hellblazer, um, which is uh, the new creative team of Tim Seeley um, and uh, art by um, Jesus Marino. Um, and uh, I just want to continue, give this a shout out. I, I said it was a really great start for mm-hmm. the, the first issue of this arc last month, but um, they've really... This is like the, the the version of Constantine, even though the story isn't quite what mm-hmm. I expect from a Hellblazer comic yet. It's almost there. You know, we have a pub setting, we have a a demon, but the de- the demons are a bit too comic booky, I guess. Okay, right. Um, a little bit too mainstream. Yeah. DC. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the tone of the book, and especially like the kind of nihilism that comes with Constantine, like he's mm-hmm. not a hero. Yeah. He sometimes says the right thing, but more often than not, he fucks up and everyone close to him dies. Nice. And that's just, I know that like, you know, like that that's a shitty thing to read about in comics, but that's a core part of what makes the character so compelling. Absolutely. He's not even an anti-hero. He's just like, this, he's just like a guy. this presence that, you know, he has like these abilities and, but he also has like so much bad luck and he's mm. so self-driven at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- th- that this book definitely has that in spades and that's why I'm going to keep reading it. Nice. Um, have you read any other regular DC books? I read Suicide Squad this week, which you didn't, which is hilarious. What has happened to this podcast? Oh my goodness. Um, but that is because it is part three of Gotham Resistance, the Dark Knight's metal tie-in. And it has art by Stepchan Stepchick. Oh, you know, Stepjohn you know Sejic. who I mean. Stepjohn, yeah, whatever. I put too many T's in that. I loved this issue. I'm really enjoying this whole silly, like, the team up of Nightwing, Green Arrow, Robin, Killer Croc, Harley Quinn. <laughs> it's really fun. Who are you? I know. And it's like this, this level through the maze that they're having to go through, which is controlled by Poison Ivy and is kind of Mad Maxi. They're just like the character designs are really fun. Like, I don't know when they all had time to get new outfits, but I'm really into it. All the Poison Ivy stuff is great. Fuck, he's a good artist. He is such a good artist. How he really to- makes me like Harley Quinn, which is like, I feel an achievement in of itself. This has a fun version of Killer Croc, who reminds me a lot of Gail Simone's version of um, King Shark. 
Man, look at his his version of um, of Poison Ivy too. Is beautiful, like really, really well done. Like sexy without being gross. I love his version of Green Arrow. I want to see him do a Green Arrow book. Oh my I want to see him a do a Nightwing book. Yeah. I want to see him do a Joker book. And this is all leading up to um, a a the final page has Mister Terrific on it, which is a like easy way to get me to love your book if it has Mister Terrific in it. He was in a Nightwing New Order this week too. Yes, he was. Yep. I love Mister Terrific. I like it when he's busts through a wall and says, we're going to bring fair play back to this city. And he has fair play written on his jacket. You know he means business. <laughs> I love... Yeah, this was such a good issue. This was such a fun issue. God damn it. Was it written by Williams? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, I, really I, I'm going to read this one too. Great. Just when they thought I was going to jump out, she brings me back in, everybody. Yep. Um, finally, from DC, through the Young Animal imprint, we had issue number 11 of Mother Panic, written by Jody Hauser, with art by Sean Crystal and John Francis Ballou. Um, all, all of their full names written on the front cover of this book. Thank you. For, for that alone, it gets 10 out of 10. But also, Thanks, Gerard Way. on the inside, man, this is a good comic. It's so good. It just de- delves in, like, again, this is another PTSD book, right? Yeah, but um, I, <laughs> this one is bizarrely less grim. What's, well, yeah, cre- or it's yeah. just like maybe it's, it's a new character that doesn't have to. Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say about them. Okay. Um, but it's a bit more hopeful, certainly more hopeful than, uh, yes. than that commandy this week. And I love this scary villain who's an artist who paints with people's blood. Um, She's scary. Yeah, but I mean, I think also is, you know, and this kind of ties into why I like John Constantine, is um, that uh, Mother Panic herself is a very flawed hero. Yeah. Um, who does things for very different motivations than other heroes, and her moral code is completely different to what we expect from a hero, and that's fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and also she is just like useless at love. And, yes, um, that's that, always that good That plays fun. a big factor in this issue. Um, super enjoyable. So this has one issue left um, before, I don't know what the fuck is happening to all our favorite young animal books. Um, but hopefully it gets revealed Nothing at bad. New York Comic Con or something. I don't know. Or I'll be mad. Uh, but yeah, Mother Panic, very, very good book. My second favorite young animal book. And I like, I'm, I'm, I love that my two favorite young animal books are both written by like young female creators. Absolutely. Jodie Howes is re- very good. Um, so they, uh, those are our, um, our DC books um, reviews this week let's move mm-hmm. over to other publishers and I'll talk about the second issue of a book that we love the first issue of and that is um, Hi-Fi Fight Club um, through Boombox written by uh, Carly Usden with um, pencils by Nina Vakueva um, and uh, inks That's by right. Irene Flores colors by Rebecca Nolte um, this is the book about a, a young girl who um, in the 90s goes to work at a record store and finds out that after a band goes missing that all of her co-workers have a fight club. Great. A high-five fight club, if you will. So this is a, a mystery book now. Um, mm-hmm. They're trying to find what happened to the mystery... Uh, sorry, sorry to, the, to the missing band. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's also all about our main character. She, like, one, can't believe that she's working uh, at a record store, but also yeah. can't believe that her record store... Um, you know, co-workers have a, a fight club that she doesn't know she should be a part of. Absolutely. And while she also tries to work through her severe crush on one of her co-workers and tries to find her identity in this crazy world. I love this. This, this is, is an excellent, fun. excellent issue. Um, and uh, the art is so charming. Absolutely. Um, it's really sweet. The jokes Nina, land really well. The physical comedy is excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot to really enjoy about this book. Um, there are moments where, like, I feel like I should groan, but they do seem like genuine dumb teen Absolutely. things. Yeah. They like the bits that could be a bit groan worthy, like they land because the art is this good, I think. Yeah, definitely. I also like the the small references to nineties bands. Yeah, totally. Um because I like nineties bands. It's very cute. And I love like I love a bit of um 
you know, I think we're seeing more of these books like Misfit City where it's a bit kind of, um, what's the word, like wish fulfillment type stuff for girls. Yeah, put wish fulfillment boys... in your phone just in case you forget it. <laughs> <laughs> which, um, you know, boys get all the time. All the time. So this is good fun. Also, wish fulfillment for boys too within mm. this, through, through the gaze of, 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 of a female character. Like, I think this is like... This is a great book. Yep, agreed. I'm saying, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to claim your your wish fulfillment. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've done it again. <laughs> um, let's talk about Archie this week. Let's um, do it. Issue number 24, written by Mark Wade with art by Audrey Moak, who is such a good Audrey fucking Moak. fit. She's so good. She's you so know what? Good. The best thing about this book, though, before we even talk about the issue, is the cover for the next issue that she did. Yeah, oh I my love god! That I would wear color. that on a t-shirt, a yes. pretty blue t-shirt. That would be beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, colors on this one by Kelly Fitzpatrick, who is another great, uh, great get for the book too. Yeah, the agreed. book is the best the books look since uh, Fiona Staples left. Yeah, you know what I think Archie has turned into, and I don't mean this as a criticism. It's like Degrassi. Yeah, hell yeah! Which is my favorite of all teen dramas. Great, all eras, all eras, Drake really? era, really? original like, era. I, I never did the Drake era. I've watched it all. I um, love it. Should we sing the song? <laughs> We can set up for the next Gen- Patreon episode. I, I, gen- <laughs> I genuinely that's could. One, it's one of my favorite uh, theme songs too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can you hear the high note at the end when they actually? No, sing? absolutely not. Because it's one of those the rare instances where they hit a high note while saying the word "high." <laughs> Degrassi Junior, high. <laughs> so good. Um, so Archie issue number twenty four. Um, we have Betty Cooper in a wheelchair. We yeah. have Archie grounded from seeing Betty Cooper. And we have Reggie arrested. Possibly going to jail and his dad writing mean stories about him in the newspaper. Reggie's dad is That was cold-blooded. That was... Really is. Um, I think that they are getting a lot... Like, you know, we were like, why are they putting Betty Cooper in a wheelchair? But I think... I know why they're putting Betty Cooper in the wheelchair. It's the same reason that people would... Rant why Drake was in a wheelchair in Degrassi. Oh, my God. Betty Cooper is Drake. Betty Cooper is Drake. Is she going to be a rapper soon? Yes. Final form will be jerky. And then is she guy. going to do a um, a talk at the, at an Apple conference like Drake did? Did he really? Yeah, yeah. When, Bad. T- when they announced Apple Music, oh, it was gross. cool. You should go watch it. It's fun. He's pretty funny when he hosts um, all the ESPN things. Anyway, um, <laughs> so 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 will Betty Cooper when she does. <laughs> I I liked this because I like like this is so Betty. You know, like she's so like thank you everyone, but I'm fine. I don't need your help. I'm coping with this. I will cope with this. I will push through it because I'm a strong person. And then in private, she's like, yeah, this is hard. But I loved that. I thought this was a really nice way of dealing with it. The whole thing. Definitely. And I I like the, um, you know, I like such a sweetheart. I like that everyone's parents suck except Archie's. Yeah, totally. Um, And and his dad, you're doing a bad job. I love Archie's parents. Yeah. Parents I, I would read an Archie's parents book, a book from their point of view. That'd be <laughs> Just great. Fred and what's her name? I don't know the other one. Fred and Mom. Fred, Fredette. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought, and, and they're, they're, you know, like for the schmaltziness that this can this can handle when it goes full candlelight vigil. Yeah, it does handle other things a lot better and and portrays a genuine warmth that you don't find in many other comics. And Agreed. It, and it's something that Wade does very very well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the moment where Archie does exactly what his parents were hoping, what we're going to ask yeah, him to do without sweet. them even asking him to begin with, I thought was really Mary. sweet. Mary, not Fredette. Fred and Mary. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I hope we get a, a long, uh, a long, long arc of Reggie in jail having to smuggle. Like that would be great if Reggie goes to jail, yeah. having Reggie like run a prison. That's an, <laughs> that'd be the fucking greatest. Yeah, that'd be weird if it turned into a light-hearted prison comic. <laughs> 
about Reggie. Oz with Reggie in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> horrifying. Um, let's talk about Turok. Let's do it. I love Turok. The, uh, the Dinosaur Hunter himself, written by Chuck Wendig, who's not a creator I generally like. But I love this this book with especially I love his name. Um, the art by Alvaro Saraseca um, was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, this is out through Dynamite through their Sovereigns little like Sovereigns ad- is the new Valiant. Yeah, we we keep saying it. Like all, really all you Valiant fans, you guys got to pick up sovereigns. these Sovereigns books. Um, this is some good, fun, weird. Like I don't know what world this is set in, but I love it. Well, it's all yeah, and it's uh, uh, yeah he. Yeah, it's th- very Kirby. It really is. This it's is like this could fish be out of water. Dinosaurs. Man versus fascist dinosaurs. Yeah. I real good it. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um and, and I love that it's like it's really violent too, which yeah. is another thing that reminds me of Valiant in a way too. But um the uh the art is like holy shit, this is a good artist. Like really I, is. if I worked for one of the big two, I would be pit bunt um, pinching yeah, him in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I would be watching all of the Sovereign's people very closely because the Doctor Spectre backup in this is also excellent, and the art in Magnus is great too. Um, yeah. These are all I, I, I'm, these because are great books. collecting them all in sing, like reading the the backup stories in single format is confusing. But when they're all in trade, I'm totally getting all the trades. Absolutely. This has been a really really fun fun series, it's like bunch of books to follow. Yeah, everyone I mean, should get. I, I don't know anyone else that, that that's that, like no, no one in our group is, is reading these too. You should, everybody. Yeah, true, actually, check everyone it out. Read it. It's real fun. Good fun. <laughs> um, Faith in the Future Force. Talking of Valiant, um, I got the uh, issue number three of this this week. Um, which is written by Jody Hauser, written by with art by Diego Bernard, Kerry Nord, and Ulysses Ariola. Ah, oh, what a name! So good. What a name! Put it, put out a book called Ulysses Ariola, which is I just read it. him living as a colorist with that name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like nipples. I get it. <laughs> um, but it's like the Odyssey of nipples. <laughs> um, but uh, this is the book in which uh, Faith has to go back in time and come back with more heroes to try and take on this massive threat. And uh, after failing in this issue, it looks like the only person who can save it is not Faith, the superhero, but Faith, the person, I guess, uh-huh. is maybe what's happening. Faith, the woman. Anyway, one more issue of this left. I'll go in depth with it when it's finished. Nice. I read a couple more Valiant books as well. I read issue two of War Mother by uh, Fred Van Lente with art by Steven Segovia and Robert Della Torre. Colors by Andrew Dollhouse. Um, I, I, I was just like flicking through this. Like, did I actually remember to read it all? And I did, and I've forgotten <laughs> it all. So that's not a great review, is it? I felt um, the same way about the first issue. I kind of yeah. ended, and I was like, okay. That and ended. Then, I, I think it is because we there, there has been series before this one that tied directly into this series, yeah, yeah, yeah. and without the context, we were a little bit lost. Absolutely, but I still quite enjoy it. Um, Exo Manowar. I think I actually did forget to read this because it's a bit just Me heavy, too. heavy. I, I, like, I, really, I, I really like it. it. I really like it, but yeah. it's like I feel like every review is that we do is very similar. Shatterstar does not agree. Look, shouts to Shatterstar. We have one more comic, to, like, two more comics to review, and he's only now just started to cry. And he's still technically asleep. He's crying in his sleep, oh. which is always hilarious. Hang on. L- last night, Archie woke up in the middle of the night when I got home from DJing and started screaming out, "Daddy, Daddy!" and um. I went in there and I said, Archie, Archie, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And he yells, I want lunch at school. <laughs> it was 2.30 in the morning. I want to eat lunch at school. That's what he yelled out. Yeah, fair enough. We've anyway, all been there. Have kids, everybody. It's real fun. and You <laughs> never know what's happening next. They don't understand the world at all. Um, while Siobhan settles young Shatterstar, uh, I'll review issue number seven of Rebels. 
um, which is written by Brian Wood by Luke and uh, by Luca Casalanguida with uh, and Lauren Affey and Matt Taylor. Um, and this is now about. Um, uh, it's now set in the fuck. This is every. This is an update into how little I know about American history. But this is um, about General George Washington um, as he um, leaves the Battle of New York. Cool. Um, and uh, he he you know every, basically like he's abandoning. A, 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 there, there are two two young children that that have been left to look after their farm, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they hear of some sunken treasure that they. Um, basically rescue and they go to, to Alexander Hamilton. All right, okay. Like hey, like we, the musical. That's right. That's the only thing but, I know. Um, and uh, and they want to basically donate the gold to General Washington to continue um, his, like, you know, to, to, to rise up against the colonials. Cool. It's really fucking good. Like, Sounds cool. It's really, really good. I think I think of all the um, the Rebels arcs so far, you would have enjoyed this one the most. Even if Shatterstar fucking hated it. He, he disagrees very strongly. Okay, two more comics to go. All right. Oh, no. We can okay. Do we can do this. Um, I also read Zodiac Star Force, Cries of the Fire Prince, issue two, written hey, by... Hey, speaking of cries. <laughs> Are you my fire prince? Um, oh, God. Hit, written by Kevin Panetta with art by Paulina Ganushao. Maybe. <laughs> um, this sounds like a good book. It's out through Dark Horse, right? It sure is. <laughs> it's teen magical girl dramas. It's good fun. I like it. If you like the magical girl genre, I think there'll be something for you in this book. Um, more enjoyable than that probably is issue five of six of Victor Laval's Destroyer, which is illustrated by Dietrich Smith with Joanna Lafuente. Um, this kind of reimagining of the Frankenstein story is really enjoyable. It's got a lot to say. Um, and I think it's a really good book that everyone should pick up. And I'm really interested to see how it's going to wrap up in issue six. Um, I sort of didn't realize that it was a six issue mini. And I am I would be on board with seeing way more of these characters. But um, I'm interested to see how it's going to wrap up. Yeah, amazing. It's so good. It's so good. Like, sort of deals with artificial intelligence. It deals with parenthood. It deals with relationships that have fallen apart. And also... Giant scary death monsters. <laughs> yeah, I've got there's one more issue left, so I'll definitely I, I've got this issue with me. I'm just gonna I'll try and catch up before uh, yeah. the last one, so we can talk about the full series very soon. Um, that means all that's left to do, Siobhan, is yes. uh, talk about the uh, leftover. Sorry, not leftover. The uh, upcoming. Oh yeah. Um, uh, upcoming uh, comics that are coming out this week that mm-hmm. we recommend you check out. Mm-hmm. There's some very good ones. I'm excited. Um, let's start with the uh, the trades to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of trades coming out this week. Uh, we've got a new graphic novel that looks fun and uh, all about teen romance called mm-hmm. Cast No Shadow. Oh, yeah, that sounds um, cool. But uh, as f- I mentioned earlier, the uh, volume two of the Flintstones oh, uh, trade comes out. Highly great. recommend that comic. It's probably one of our favorite comics in the last year since we started the podcast. Absolutely. Um, and I just, you know, we, have, we haven't been talking about it because it hasn't been coming out since then yeah. but it's still absolutely one of our favorites and you shouldn't ignore it if you have not read it yet definitely add that to the top of your to read list great um another series that we really loved uh was predator versus judge dread versus aliens that was good fun that's finally coming out in trade through dark horse this week um uh, the recently finished uh valiant miniseries rapture mm-hmm. and uh just comes out this week as well um, there is a massive collection of uh, Wonder Woman Rebirth, the Greg Rucker, oh, Nicholas cool. Scott, uh, Liam Sharp run. It's a big um, hardcover deluxe collection. Oh, wow. I'm not sure how many issues it collects, but definitely check that out if you have not read that run yet because it was an absolute winner. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, um, the Walking Dead um, serial that came out um, in the Image Plus uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of 
magazine. magazine. Um, he is Negan. That's getting collected. Uh, it's like his, his origin story of Negan, the character. Cool. His origin story is being collected in a uh, hardcover called um, He is Negan. And I actually quite enjoyed that. So uh, definitely something you're watching out if you're a Walking Dead fan. Hmm. Um, from uh, regular issues, um, starting with number ones, we have uh, the start of a, another Batman book. This one's been written and drawn by um, Sean Murphy, though, who you'll know from uh, Punk Rock Jesus um, <laughs> and his work with, uh, with Scott Snyder. Um, yep. and uh, various others in the in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an excellent, very, very stylized artist and um, definitely worth checking out. He has some cool ideas there. Yeah, I'm um, to see that. We get a uh, new Archie ongoing. This is uh, written by Matt Rosenberg. He's one of the writers on it. Oh. This is the Archies. He the, he did one really Didn't good... He? He, did, he, he did the, okay. the one Archies with the Ramones, which yeah. was excellent. And then he also did another one, like it was like a, a crappy band story. Yeah, that sucked. It's the same creative team. It's got Joe Eisenberg on art. So, look, I'm, I'm wary about it. I like Rosenberg a lot, though, so same. I'm going to give some a chance. So, the Archie's number one comes out this week. Um, we get uh, two very weird and potentially unwanted crossovers. Um, tying into Archie, we have Harley and Ivy from DC meets Betty and Veronica from mm. Archie. Hmm. Hmm. With an Amanda Connor cover, which is maybe the only reason to pick that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also get Hack Slash and Vampirella. Oh, well, I don't know anything about Hackslash. I'm not reading that. that that's Tim Seeley, though, right? He yeah. started. I don't think it's him anymore. People love it. People say it's really good, but... Yeah. Seems um, like a weird point for me to jump on the Hackslash universe. We also get um, the Shadow and Batman again, for that one I mentioned earlier, with yep. Steve Orlando through Dynamite. And the weirdest uh, collab of the week is uh, is Shadow Man through Valiant, teaming up with Race Remed, the rap group. So we get to cool. read that next week, too, which is... I just don't know what the fuck that comic's going to if be. If there's one thing that is always good it is rappers Rap, in yeah, comics yeah definitely um, so looking forward to uh, yeah, as, as, I don't know if you, if anyone listening knows this about me but I'm a rap DJ Ray Ceramid uh, from the last year being one of my most played artists because they are extremely popular um, and I don't really know can't think, tell you anything that would be interesting about Ray Ceramid to put in a comic yeah so I don't know <laughs> um, let's see what we can talk about that one uh, and uh, finally we get it, uh, a new man the creative team behind Punisher Max and Fury Max one of my favourite runs ever mm-hmm. Garth Ennis and Goran Parlov a lot of people have been talking in the Serious Issues group about how they don't like Garth Ennis I think the best thing he ever did and a reason enough to read it is, is, uh, is his Punisher Max run it's excellent mm-hmm. um, so definitely uh Keep an eye out for Punisher Platoon, which comes out this week, um, which I think is a, is a black and white book coming out this week mm, through Marvel, cool. which sees the team uh, come back together for a Punisher story, which is very exciting. I think um, Garth Ennis, when he does Punisher Max stuff, there's no humor. There's no dumb, yeah. gross-out jokes, and that's what I hate it's most about Dicks. Garth Ennis. Um, he actually literally wrote a book called Dicks, too. I know. <laughs> God, he's yeah. such uh, a gem. We get uh, Slots, number one, which is a new Skybound book through Image, which uh, Siobhan and I have, have a preview of, but we, neither of us have read yet. Who has we, the time? Exactly. Uh, and uh, we also get next week uh, a whole bunch of all the, all the Marvel, Marvel Legacy numbering comes in. So most of our books are going to suddenly jump up to numbers in the hundreds, but there are a few number ones starting. Uh, one of them is Spirits of Vengeance, number one, which is a uh, really cool-looking book uh, you know, featuring Ghost Rider and other very cool uh, spirit and vengeance related characters teaming up (laughs) (laughs) that sounds fun um we also get uh issue number six the final issue of aberrato the uh lion press european book that we've really really loved great which also means we get a new issue of jazz maynard as well um eleanor and the egret is a book out through aftershock um that we really really enjoyed um but it's been missing for a while it's a very weird book about Mm. issue four of that comes out this week 
Um, and finally, we have the finale, the final issue of um, Jason Aaron's long run on Star Wars. So Star Wars issue number 37 comes out and it's all about the um, Skull Squadron or whatever it is, the the cool um, the stormtroopers tro- who are real badass. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like their final issue together. That's be okay. fun. So those oh. are the books that I recommend you uh, check out next week. Um, and, uh, of course, you can uh, discuss those books and many more at our group, facebook.com slash group slash series podcast, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash series podcast. If you want to drop us a line there, hit us a like. Hit us a like. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues or individually. Siobhan CBG is Siobhan, and I am Lavdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Um, check out my other podcasts, Hey Fam and Serious Issues. Um, That's us. Oh, fuck. The Mitchin. Hey, fam, and the Mitchin. The Mitchin's kind of on hiatus right now. So, oh, really? got, yeah, I don't know what's going on with don't that. Don't listen to it then. Don't do it. Fuck Just it. listen to this episode twice. Good idea. Very good idea. I could talk about cooking. Yeah? And restaurants. Uh, I don't go I to also any, this about you. I got a baby. Cool Siobhan fact. Every time I come here, there's always freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take one for the road. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that you have like an infinite amount of ingredients to make more. I don't understand. Just constantly. It's just a constant supply. Is that like the one treat you can eat or something like that? or like? No, it's just, it's the one treat that my boyfriend really likes. So he's just always like, could we have cookies? <laughs> like we could. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and uh, are they all the things that you can find us on? Patreon.com slash series podcast is our Patreon if you want to support the show. We did a bonus episode at the end of last uh, end of last week um, all about the uh, graphic novels and trades that we read in, yep. um, in September. And uh, we'll be doing another one of those at the end of the month that it's only available to Patreon members. So uh, definitely go sign up. Get some good stuff. We'll be doing another mail out soon too. We're going to make it quarterly. Make yeah. it a bit easier on ourselves. Nice. Um, thank you something. so much for listening and uh, we will see you next week have a very serious week everybody please do <laughs> enjoy your issues <laughs> hey this is Levins thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues if you're not completely sick of my voice by now why don't you check out one of my other podcasts one is called Hey Fam and it's about comedy and pop culture so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows all that kind of thing the other one is called The Mitchin and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney you can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.